tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea piping hot so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via whatsapp at 324-1612 email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com now here's your host sandy hill broadcasting live from the beautiful cayman islands
There we are. Good morning, beautiful people. How are you guys? Let me just make sure that you can hear me without an issue. Yes, everything looks good. Audio levels look pretty good. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. So happy Fab Friday, folks. It is um, October the 9th. You guys know that there was the Clifton Hunter High School graduation last night. So big congratulations to all of our uh, young people who have done a fantastic job. Um, there were a number of them who received awards last night for their ongoing academic performance. And as you can appreciate, <clears throat> my apologies, in a time like this with COVID and distance learning taken to a whole new level, um, you know, it, it is very, very challenging. So I take my hats off to any young person who has been able to survive uh, COVID-19 from an academic <clears throat> perspective, because I think this is, this is a good thing. Um, so we have a special guest that's gonna be joining us on this morning's program, Miss Lorna. And Miss um, Lorna is going to tell us, I mean, this is a very, very interesting story for a number of different reasons. As soon as Miss Lorna is back in the um, studio where I can see her, we're gonna um, start getting into some of the details of her situation. Now, Miss Lorna was, um, or still is technically, <clears throat> married to a man by the name of Gregory Watts. Now, a lot of you may know Mr. Watts. I'm just gonna pull up a photo here of him here in a second um, because he says that he is a prophetess. Uh, I'm sorry, that he is a, I think he says he's a pastor, but um, you know, he does spend a lot of time um, talking about God and being very much involved in the church. And so it was a bit surprising when we discovered that uh, Mr. Watts had filed a claim in court indicating that um, he had been defrauded into a marriage with a young lady. And I thought, wow, that's quite a serious allegation actually. Uh, give me one second, just in case you don't know who Mr. Watts is. I'm going to just pull up his photo. But fraud is a serious allegation. And that is exactly, <clears throat> my apologies, that is exactly what Mr. Uh, Watts um, alleged. And so um, the court actually found, however, that his fraudulent claim had no merit and that what he was claiming transpired indeed was not fraud at all. So we'll talk a little bit about that as we get into the storyline with Miss Lorna. Um, really, Miss Lorna is here, she'll tell you in her own words, to try to set the record straight because a lot of things have been said um, by way of this petition. And Miss Lorna, who, by the way, is an absolutely beautiful lady, um, you know, wants to make her position very, very clear in terms of the allegations that have been made against her. Now, Ms. Lorna does not live in the Cayman Islands. This is Mr. Watt here. <clears throat> she does not live in the Cayman Islands. However, we live in a very small world. So Ms. Lorna resides um, in Jamaica part-time and at times she's also in the US. But being the small world that it is, you know, people will seek to judge her based on his allegations. And so she just wants to, to really advise people that um, don't be so quick to judge because not everything is as it appears. And in fact, the truth sometimes is much stranger than anything else. 
So let's do a couple, uh, <clears throat> my apologies, morning shout outs before we get into the meat and potatoes of this story. So good morning to Karina. Happy Friday to you. It is Fab Friday. Hello, Siobhan. Hope you are doing well, my love. Um, good morning to Petrula. So nice to see good representation of people here today. Miss Ethel, good morning to you, my love. Thank you so much for tuning into the program. Miss Beulah is always here for it. Miss Beulah, thank you so much. We, <clears throat> oh my goodness, I got a frog in my throat. We love um, that you tune into the program on a regular basis. Andrea's here for it. And Andrea says, good morning. So good morning to you, Andrea. Uh, Brandon is here. Good morning, darling. Brandon is watching um, from YouTube along with a handful of other people. We've got about seven people on the YouTube stream. So good morning to them. Sai is here from Florida. And we love that we have our international crew representing. I think we're still waiting on Larry from Texas. We've got Odette, who is also joining us. Um, so Sai wants to know if he is still a police officer. So listen, Sai, we're going to give you, before we bring Lorna into the conversation, I'm going to um, give you guys a little bit more information in terms of Mr. Watt and what I know about him. It's very, very limited. But, you know, for frank and full disclosure, I think it is important to put all of our cards on the table. So, um, <clears throat> of course, over the years, I have seen Mr. Watt. <clears throat> oh, my apologies. <clears throat> oh, gosh. There we go. I have seen Mr. Um, Watt in more than one occasion in the community. Um, he's been about the place for a number of years. And, um, you know, I've never had much of an opportunity to have a discourse with him, to be quite honest, until he um, reached out to me at some time, I believe it was in 2008. We're just going to pull that up here in a second so I can confirm the dates. And so he reached out saying that he was in the process of losing his home to Scotia Bank. I don't know if you guys remember this or not. And he had quite an interesting narrative to tell from his perspective. So he was obviously very upset that he was losing his home. Um, he shared with us that in fact, um, the bank had done him wrong. And um, at the time, I think Cayman Mall Road had not too long started when he brought us the story. And we were, I was personally co-hosting occasionally with Ruthanna Young on Straight Talk on her show. And so um, he said, you know, he wanted to come on the show and set the record straight and tell people um, essentially what had transpired. So we said, all right, you know, no problem. Ruthanna agreed to have her because it was obviously her show. She agreed to have him on and um, he came on and he did an interview where he alleged that the bank had, you know, despite the fact that he was in arrears for many, many years, that the bank had somehow um, done him wrong. And um, you know how it is, folks. I don't, I don't cut the fat with anybody, right? I mean, I just get to the point. And the truth is what it is. And I keep saying to people, listen to me. You come to me with the truth any day of the week. I can deal with the truth way better than a well-dressed lie. And it just really is what it is. And so even at that time, there were issues with um, 
Mr. Watt's story and how he was presenting it. And so, you know, I had to question him on a number of different things about his mortgage. Um, he made some assertions that to me just didn't make any sense. Um, at the end of it, the feeling I got was, you know what? He's obviously been in arrears for many, many years. It appears that Scotiabank went out of their way to try to work with him. And despite their best efforts of trying to work with him, he just wasn't able to get it together. And listen, when I say to you, you know, things happen in life. No one is above saying that one day they may not have financial woes or financial problems. We can all lose a job. So he said, you know, he had lost his job and he had had um, a number of issues resulting from unemployment, a broken down car, all of these different things. But yet there were people who had questions about the consistency of his story and what was appearing to be one thing on the one hand and what might have been, in his opinion, actually happening. So, for example, he said that he was selling um, life insurance and that he was one of their top agents and that, um, you know, he was doing really, really well. <clears throat> and through the sales process, he had a broken down car and this broken down car uh, meant that he was not able to get out to his clients and continue selling and making his sales and that sort of thing. Now, there are people who were calling in to the program at the time and messaging and saying, hold on a second, um, if this is really the story, then why is it <clears throat> that, um, that Mr. Watt was driving around in a BMW? Their logic is if you're having financial woes and you're having financial troubles, sell the car, sell the BMW and whatever you get for it. And, you know, you downsize, downgrade, whatever you want to call it. And then you take those funds and um, you see about, you know, putting that on your mortgage. Now, you know how Keyman is, folks. People talk. And so, you know, at the time we did the story, a lot of people had their opinions, commentary, whatever. And, um, he ended up losing his house. We do know that the bank was like, nope, we're done. We don't care what the public has to say. We have been around and around in circles with this gentleman and we have just had enough. Anyway, fast forward um, to more recent times. Actually, not quite. Fast forward to uh, well over a year ago. Um, no, it's more like two years ago. Uh, someone approached me, and you guys know I have business interests outside of Cayman Mall Road, so I do other things. And someone approached me um, as a small business owner, and they said, Sandy, I need some help with your debt collection services. So I said, okay, you know, tell me what's going on. And uh, they approached me and said that Mr. Watts owed them money for a number of years. Um, and let me not Rep misrepresent the facts in any way because I never want to be um, dishonest because my memory is not the best in the world. So let me just pull up a little bit of information here. So this was back in um, 2008 and um, it actually started in November of 2007 that the person reached out. And so they explained um, that, 
you know, he had owed them some money for quite some time. And uh, this is what they said to me. Um, they said his attitude and approach was wrong. Um, called him back a week ago saying, you know, what happened to this agreement that he was to sign. So apparently he'd owed the money and he'd agreed initially that he'd owe the money. And then he comes back and this is what the person says. Three weeks later, I called him to find out what's happening and where's the agreement. He said, don't worry about anything. I not forgot you. I sent the email BCCU and today is the only form of acknowledgement I got from him on anything. I've always been contacting him and he never has contacted me. Um, so finally, when this person reached out in November of 2017, so that was some three years ago, um, you know, they were like, listen, I'm just done. Can you handle this? And, you know, we were just trying to collect some of the money from this man. And they actually had sent an, an email um, with the details of, of what he had owed them and so on, right? So in December now of 2017, that was when the story, we did the story about him um, losing his house. And he basically was given one week to vacate uh, from the premise. And there was a court, court order about this because Mr. Watts at the time decided to fight the court. And so, you know, um, fight the, the bank, my apologies. And so, yes, there was an actual judgment um, relating to him vacating the property. So again, all of these things are here in PDF format in case anybody wants to read them. And so, you know, he was out of that house by December, that apartment by December of 2017. So we gave him a little bit of time to try to collect himself. Um, and we actually did not really reach out to him until um, early 2008, May of 2008, um, because I felt like, you know what? The man just lost his house. I'm sure he's having a difficult financial time. Let's just give him a minute to try to sort himself out, okay? So the client came back to me and they said, listen, have you reached out to him as yet? It's been two years that they have been waiting on their money and they are just really, really desperate to get the ball rolling and to do what they've got to do. So, all right, we say very good. Um, we made contact with him, uh, didn't hear anything from him for a minute after we made contact. And then in September of 2018, the client says to me, hey, Sandy, Anything more from Gregory? Seems he's been traveling as he just came back on the flight with someone that I knew. And I was like, are you kidding me? Now, listen, Cayman is small, huh? And when you are doing things like you've got debt all over the place, people are going to be watching your every move. So yes, when you owe people money and you say you don't have a job, you're broke, um, honestly, if you can find money to take a trip to Jamaica and you can travel on a vacation, there will be people beginning to wonder what the heck is going on here? How do you find money to travel? Um, hi, Tracy. Good morning, Morna. Good morning to Larry and Petrula. Lots of you are tuned in now. I see 130 folks. Thank you so much. So, um, at any rate, Tracy, my friends call me Sandy, so please feel free to call me Sandy. Absolutely no problem. 
Um, so yes, yeah, so we then started to make some real attempts to um, get in contact with Mr. Watts, um, you know, to get this money paid. And I was just like, whoa, the dude is like traveling. Hmm, okay. Uh, this person, the client says, personally, I would try to hide, but not this guy. He's bold as bold can be. So anyway, we went on, uh, we did reach out to him, uh, an official capacity about the, um, money owed. And, um, he eventually came back and indicated, um, that he, you know, would be willing to pay something, but he doesn't have much. So it was very piecemeal, you know, here's $50 here. That's all I've got. And by the way, just the other day, when this story emerged, um, I was speaking to someone who's very familiar with his Scotiabank situation. And they said, you know, there was a time when the bank, this is how it finally culminated for the bank and how things ended. There was a time when uh, the bank said, okay, this is going to be your last opportunity. We're going to refinance it again for you, repackage it. You know, you've got to come in, say, say the mortgage payments, $1,000 a month, $1,200, whatever. So they refinance everything, repackage it for him. And my man walks in after signing an agreement that he's going to pay this money. Um, he walks in and um, actually gives them $100. And the bank was like, no, we're not going to do this again. We're not going to. We have taken the time, had mercy on you, refinanced your mortgage. And whatever your payment is, it's not $100. It's nowhere near $100. $100 doesn't even touch the interest on this. So you turn around and you walk in here and you have the audacity to try to make a payment of $100. And my sources tell me that's when Scotia said, you know what, dude, enough is enough. Obviously, you're not ready for home ownership. If you owe $1,200 in rent, you cannot go to your landlord and hand them a $100 payment and expect that they're going to pay that or they're going to accept that money from you as a good faith attempt to pay the rent. Not even 50%, not even 75%, a measly $100. And so the bank was like, uh-uh, we're done here. And that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Anyway, um, like I said, I'm not in Mr. Watts' business. I only know him in a very limited capacity. So um, in terms of you know, his payments for this debt that he owed, it was kind of piecemeal. So by December now of 2018, basically a year after the person had made contact, he had only paid um, $200 on this outstanding debt. So it was always like, oh, I have a $25 here. I have a $50 here, um, that sort of thing, right? So he paid um, $200, this person's now like, listen, I seriously doubt that I'm ever going to um, get my money from this guy. He is really turning out to be a joker. Um, in full now, he's paid uh, $300. We've not heard from him in well over a year. Um, you know, in the meantime, when he would come into my office to pay it, sometimes we'd have a little bit of a chat. And he was saying to me, you know, oh, he's written a book on marriage um, and he wanted me to have a copy of it. I thought, okay, that's interesting. Good for you. He seemed to have become a very um, religious man. Um, so Irvin can testify that his car was giving issues. Yes. And he did tell us at the time 
that the car was actually in the garage for a while. And people's point, Irvalin, about the car was like, listen, you're driving a BMW. Everybody knows that these vehicles are not, are not cheap to fix. Um, in fact, sometimes you end up paying more to fix a vehicle and to maintain a vehicle of a particular brand than you do purchasing the vehicle. You know, my opinion on uh, vehicles have always been this. You're either paying the bank for a car loan or you're paying the mechanic to maintain them. Um, some of these vehicles have a very good track record of lasting a really long time. But when they do have mechanical issues, Irvlin, Irvlin is in the mechanical business. So she would know when they have mechanical issues, they're not cheap to fix. Seriously. Listen, I know. I drive a Mercedes and there's some days that I'm just like, whenever I have a bill and it's still a fairly new car. So thank God it doesn't end up in the mechanic shop very often. But the other day I had a hinge in the door that needed to be repaired. Oops, warranty doesn't cover that. During COVID, I had to find money to purchase not one, not two, but four brand new tires on that car. Flat run tires don't come cheap. And yeah, there are times you go, why the hell did I buy this car again? Yeah, it's a nice car and it's solid, but mm, you know, my Honda still clicking, clacking, still running, had no issues with that and a fraction of the bill. You got to think about these things when you decide to make a certain purchase, right? Elizabeth, buenos dias, feliz viernes, happy Friday. Tamara is tuned in from Fort Lauderdale. So let us uh, fast forward. Thomas, I'm telling you, buy a Toyota. Um, I've not had a Toyota ever, I don't think. No, my first car was a Ford actually. But yeah, Toyotas are good cars. Hondas, I think, are the best. But let's not digress. Um, so anyway, um, yes. So, you know, fast forward now to the other day. You guys know that we follow all of the court cases. Um, sometimes we report on civil matters. Sometimes we report on criminal matters. And the civil matters that we report on normally are of some sort of a public interest, right? So it might be the company, for example, that has allowed, um, you know, the CUC. Remember a couple of CUC cases that have allowed Margaritaville to run up a bill um, of literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. When we all know that if that was me and you, CUC would not be indulging us with no two, three, four hundred thousand dollar bill, or allowing us to go an entire year without paying um, our legal responsibilities to the the utility company. Sometimes, like this particular case with Mr. Watt, the court defines and tells him um, that, you know what, you're claiming fraud and this isn't what fraud is. So from the perspective of, um, you know, the court fine tuning a certain area of the law or a judge saying, you might think this is fraud, but this actually isn't fraud. Um, those things are important. Getting an annulment, which is what Mr. Um, Mr. Anthony Ricardo Watt was attempting to do. He goes by several different names, but um, getting an annulment is something that is not the usual way of trying to end a divorce, right? So we got the papers, we looked at them. This was August now, the 31st. We reached out to Mr. Watt um, saying that, hey, you know, uh, one of our staff reporters actually saw the case and we're going to be covering it. Do you want us to give it? Do you want to give us a quote? Do you want to say anything? 
He comes back and says, what case? As though he doesn't know what case he's got in court. And then he says, I don't understand. I said, we said, this is a conversation between him. I said, the divorce petition. He says, I don't understand. Why would your staff reporter be doing a story on my divorce? That's my personal business. We've been over this before. This isn't personal business, folks. This is a matter of um, a public record now that has been filed in court. The judge, which happened to me, Judge Ramsey, um, who is now a grand court judge, found that his application did not have any merit because he was trying to claim that his wife had defrauded him. And fraud is one of the, the reasons that you can actually get a annulment. So she said, nope, this is not fraud. So anyway, he went on and back and forth for a minute. Um, obviously, he was not happy that this story would be coming out. And uh, he claims that, you know, we were attempting to shame him. And this was a story that no one in the public cared about. And he just went on and on and on. He even accused us of when he was losing his home of not actually doing anything to assist him. And I said, sir, with all due respect, your memory obviously fails you because I remember being in a talk show with you highlighting what you said your concerns were. And I also remember doing a story and I sent him the screenshot from December of 2017, where in fact CMR did a whole story on him losing his house. So then he's like, oh, well, okay, well, I guess you, and I'm thinking, whatever. Anyway, there are times that it appears um, that he is less than honest. And, um, you know, he then went on one of his shows trying to make me out and CMR out to be the bad guys and all of this. So he thought, this is where now we'll bring Miss Lorna into the conversation. He actually thought that Miss Lorna, who was his wife, had reached out to us for this story and that she had provided all of the details that were in the story. And in fact, we didn't even know who the wife was, right? So we saw a name, we saw Lorna, whatever, but she had no contact with us for the purposes of the story on the divorce petition. The story came from the actual court documents that he had filed. Um, there was a bit in there about how many times he's been married. So he's been married like four times. And that came from somebody else who was familiar with this latest marriage and familiar with Mr. Watts and his situation. And um, who actually said, you know, in their opinion, this dude has a little bit of problems personally, right? In terms of his relationships. So he's always up in church. He's trying to talk about what women need to do to track a man and what their obligations are. But it seems like at the end of the day, he is actually falling down on his responsibility when he finally gets the wife because he has been um, married, you know, four times now and going through yet another divorce. So after the fact was when we had um, made contact with Miss Lorna and she started to share some of her story with us. And I must tell you, her story reads like a book. It is shocking at times. Um, it's comical at times. And a lot of it is downright sad. You know, we don't have any interest in tearing down Caribbean men, black men, white men, any man in our community, because we know that men play a very important role. However, for you to be playing the role of a man, of a husband, as a community leader, as someone in the church, you need to make sure you are coming right. And coming right means that you are being honest, ladies. 
right? You are not abusing women. You're not treating women like dirt and then turning around, preaching on the pulpit, getting behind a microphone and trying to fool people. That's not what this is all about. So let us have Ms. Lorna now join the conversation so we can get a little bit of history because she really filled in um, to the gaps in terms of what transpired. Good morning, Tracy. Um, so Ms. Lorna says that that BMW in my presence, it was sold by a mechanic. You wouldn't believe the history, but in part, now it is covered up and sold as a good car, but God knows everything. I was just looking at the car picture. Wow. So if a mechanic sold it, does that mean that he owed somebody a mechanic bill and never paid it? Tracy, you know what they say? Um, people need to be honest because the truth has a way of finding you out, right? And dishonesty gets you nowhere but in more hot water. And people begin to say, you know what? This man is not an honest man. He's not someone that you want to deal with. So good morning to Barbara. All right, Miss Lorna. Good morning, my dear. Thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Can you hear me, Miss Lorna? Okay. Yes, I yes, am. I need to right, can you hear mic. me? Give me one second here. My stereo. Yes. I think I can hear you now. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So um, you have a very uh, interesting story to tell us. Now, first of all, when I read the divorce petition, the first thing that occurred to me is, my gosh, it looks like the two of you hardly knew each other when you decided to get married. So can you back it up a little bit for the benefit of our listeners? Now, listen, you and I have been in discourse um, since September when this story right. first came out in late August. And um, right. I find that from my perspective, I obviously was not in the relationship, but I find your story to be very believable. And a lot of the things that you were saying to me, I had already heard from third party sources, um, not connected right. to either of you. They were just people who were in the church right. making a certain observation about what was going on. So that's one of the reasons why I do believe a lot of what you've had to say. So give our audience then an idea of how you came to meet Mr. Watt and how this relationship began. Right, so we met on Facebook. Um, Good old Facebook. Yeah. I was overseas at the time and I got a friend request from him I searched his profile and there was a lot of godly stuff on it, codes and all of that. And he, I realized he does a lot of lives and stuff. So I accepted the friend request. Mm -hmm. We had a brief conversation, like by texting and whatever. And then I came back to Jamaica. That was March of last year. Mm -hmm. And then I came back. The conversation wasn't really constant. However, um, it was like a couple of months later. Um, was a couple of months later, yeah. I saw him. I was on Facebook and I saw him and he was wearing a blazer and he was saying he, he was at church. And I, I commented. I said, I like that blazer. From then, mm -hmm. he started. He started. I think he went on my profile and he started or he had already done that. He came and he started texting me in Messenger and 
we were just basically talking about church, about God, about stuff like that. And he seemed to be a godly man. Mm-hmm. Then he, he started telling me that, um, okay, let's, let's chat. Can I call you in WhatsApp? So I said, sure, no problem. He sent me his number, and then I called him. Two minutes we spoke, and then I told him, let me eat, and then I call you back. Okay. Then he, we started talking mostly on, mostly on video chats and stuff. And to be honest, he seemed like a decent gentleman. He dressed well. He spoke well. He basically, as I said, was mostly talking about God, about the church, about then he started telling me about he lost his house. And it was because of the, the church that he was going to. They didn't help him. And he had not gone to church over eight months. And he just started and stuff like that. Um, then we, like a week or two later, it was just, just conver conversations about like, as I said, church and stuff. Then like a week or two later, he started, he texted me and said, um, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I look, me, I look you. So mm-hmm. I laughed it off. I laughed it off. Cause I think, okay, that's kind of bold. Yeah. Anyways, I, I, just to clarify, Lorna. Up until that point, there was no indication that this was anything more than um, a platonic situation. This man just randomly yeah. reaches out to you on Facebook. You exchange right. numbers. And you're just having general conversations about God, about yeah. the church. He starts yeah. to open up a little bit about his life story. And right. then one day out of the blue, he says, I- um, I'm-, I'm checking you. Right. Yeah. Okay. And that took you by surprise. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of said, okay, that's kind of bold, but I just worked with it and I said, okay, let's see what's happening. So he started asking me, what about your life or whatever? Are you single? Whatever. I said, yes, I've been single for a while. Um, we talk about the basic stuff, my kids, um, how many kids you got. He told me he got two kids, stuff like that. One morning I, I woke up and I was praying. And I, I prayed for him. And I sent him a voice message praying for him. And he texted back and he said, wow, God has sent me the wife that I'm looking for. And I, I sent two emojis laughing. And I said, okay, then let's see what happens. Because I was kind of still apprehensive about jumping into anything because I really didn't know him. Mm-hmm. Um, we started talking, talking until like about, going down in three weeks he we started talking like more in depth about each other life and stuff and he told me i asked him i said have you ever been married and he said yes i was like then he was kind of hesitant about saying like i said how many times are you married and he he started giving me this whole um conversation talking about this whole thing about marriage and divorce and spiritual marriages and stuff so i said i know about all these things mm-hmm. so get to the point and he laughed and he was like i like you because you get straight to the point so i said yes because you'll be beating around the mulberry bush tell me what's going on and he said right. oh i've so been you, married you asked times. Him a very direct question lorna how many times yes. have you been married and you find that yes. he was 
being elusive and not answering the yes. question. Yes. Okay. And, and then he finally answered and said, I had three wives. I, I was mm -hmm. married three times and divorced. So I was like, whoo, like, whoa, why? Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, no, no. Before you started to judge me or before you lose interest, let me explain what happened. Mm -hmm. Then he started telling me about his first wife. And he said that was his fault because he, he was the one that stepped out on her. Mm -hmm. Then he spoke about the second one, which he is more adamant about that. Like, basically, he says she's rebellious. She lies. She does stuff. And then he spoke about the third one that um, the third one was a bit younger, but she mm -hmm. was basically um, rebellious as well. Mm. But he never spoke about the third or the first one as much as he spoke about the second one. Okay. So every wife is rebellious. Every wife has an issue. Yes. Um, were you thinking to yourself when you were hearing him talk about his wives? Because, you know, as women um, of a particular age, so by the time you hit your 30s into your 40s, you start to wise up to these guys and their games, right? And one of the things that I have found is when someone um, starts talking about their exes and always blaming the exes for whatever demise of the relationship, at some point you start to think, hmm, maybe the problem isn't the exes, but it's actually the individual you're talking to. Yes, and so were I you at this that. point thinking in your head, something isn't quite right here? Oh, yes, I did think it. And, and then he explained. But for me, I'm not the type of person that is quick to judge anyone because back in my past, I've had people and I've had relationships that I have gone through, which I wasn't the blame. I wasn't to be blamed for it. So I said, okay, let me think, let me see if, and I heard what he had to say, but basically it wasn't, he wasn't talking about anything personal about the, or intimate about the relationships. He was just basically talking about submission in the church and, and his wife wasn't submissive and she would be talking stuff and she told him that she would never submit to him. And so I, that got me thinking, because as a woman of God, I'm thinking, okay, why would she say such a thing? So in the morning, mm -hmm. I woke up. And you know, females, we be going over her head because I'm an overthinker. So I, I've been mm -hmm. going over my head. And I stood, I stood in my kitchen and I was like, Lord, open up my eyes to these things and whatever. And I'm thinking, I said, okay. So I would be the fourth wife, which that's something I would never accept. Never. Mm -hmm. However, I, I say to him, when he was at work, he texted me and, I, and we were talking. And I'm saying, I'm re I really can't get over you being married three times. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. he, was, he started trying to convince me, saying, oh, you must listen to the first voice. Um, don't, don't allow that to um, hinder you from, from getting, like, basically getting married because we're getting older. We're, you're a woman of God. I'm a man of God. We're in the mm -hmm. church, and we ain't getting no younger, so why not do it? Right. I so let, let me just yes, because how, for me for me sorry, sorry Lorna um how much so, time had passed from the first contact he made with you on Facebook to when this man is now talking about marriage, marriage. how much time are we talking about okay, here okay so this was like about the end of august going into the first part of september okay 
So from the big, yes. when did he make contact with you? March? First, first time, yes, March. So between March and August, the two of you are having general conversations. Um, you've never met this man in person. No. And so all of a sudden, the general conversations go from the man saying that he wants to check you and he's interested in you. You start to probe and ask a little bit more about his life. And right. then he's talking about marriage already? Yeah, because um, I started telling him about my relationship because I have an 11-year-old daughter. And he was saying, um, what about her father? So I, I kind of gave him like a synopsis of why we're not together. And I had had another relationship after that, which we were engaged and that didn't work out either. Mm -hmm. So I was saying to him that I was apprehensive about churchmen because normally churchmen, because the person I used to date before him was not saved. He wasn't a Christian. And because of my religious affiliations, because I'm a minister, Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't, it wasn't taken up well with people who were in the church or above me, like my leaders and stuff. Or mm -hmm. I had to end that one, which mm -hmm. the person didn't, he was living in Jamaica. He's from London. And I was telling him about those kind of stuff. And I was saying to him, I'm very apprehensive of dating churchmen because they are worse than the ones in the streets because you have a conversation mm -hmm. with them for two weeks and then they start asking you, ridiculous stuff like what's the worst thing you ever done what's the freakiest thing you ever done some kind of apprehensive about that mm, and mm -hmm. he was laughing and he said to me um being as you because i've gone through your facebook page and i see how your hips are wide and whatever whatever so um how do you manage as a as a female preacher and i said to him um i just wear a gown or i i realized that when I started preaching in the initial stages, I used to wear clothes that was close fitting, but I realized that men that was in the congregation didn't hear a word that I preached, but after I finished preaching, they're basically more browsing how I look. So I started wearing a gown and he laughed about it. So mm -hmm. after, after like September, we started actually talking about, just loosely talking about marriage and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'm going to marry you. And I started laughing again. I was like, okay. And he was like, okay, um, why are you laughing? I said, nothing, because it's just like how bold you are. I can't get over how bold you are. And he was like, just pray about it and see what the Lord is saying. I said, you pray about it too, because he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And we started mm -hmm. laughing again. And then like, so let, let said, me just, okay. let me, um, sorry, Lorna, let me just pause you there one quick second, right? So do you think in your mind, especially because you were in the church, it seems to me that um, he was really using that narrative or that line on you very, very strongly. And yes. you said that you are um, a you know, minister, you're trying to live the proper um, you know, life in terms of your sexuality, being chaste and all this good stuff yes. that the Bible requires of um, good Christians. So do right. you think that he thought maybe you're a little bit desperate for a man? Like you haven't had a relationship in a while. Um, After a while, I think, yes. After a while, yes. that, that came out. Yes. Okay. All right. So you start talking marriage. At first, you thought it was a little bit premature or maybe even a little bit of yes. a joke. 
Um, but yes. he continues to be very, very persistent with the yes. marriage dialogue. Yes. Yes. And then at some point you decide this is a good idea to marry him? Actually, um, he asked me if I was ever married before and I told him yes. And he, we were talking about the kind of marriage it was. I said it was private because I don't really like crowds and stuff. And he was mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. If I'm not married to you, you won't be marrying no private this time. So I said, mm -hmm. you serious? Like I started saying, but he's really thinking about marriage. Yes. Anyways, I'm like, the, oh, now this was the middle of September. Mm -hmm. And he said, he said, um, I must prepare myself. And I said, for what? And he said, I'm coming to Jamaica to engage you. So you better prepare to say your yes. So I was like, okay, then. Mm. So now I start getting into the idea of, of getting married and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, we, we started talking about it. Like he said, okay. I said, when do you want to do it? Let's do it next year. He was mm -hmm. like, no, because he's writing a book. And he already wrote a book and he's writing another one about the mathematic of tithing and offering or something like that. And he wanted to marry, to be married first before he launched that book. So hmm. I was like, yeah, but there's no rush. Anyways, he said, okay, let's do it December. So I counted, I said September, October, November, December, four months time. Hmm. I was like, okay. Cause he seemed okay. To be honest, he seemed okay. He was, as I said, a godly man, he dresses like he's really a decent person. And okay, so we decided on December. I think it was the last part of December. And then like in the end of September, he texted me again and he said, um, let's change the date for, for November. I said, what? I said, no. I said, it's, I said November is like next month. Mm. And he was like, and he was like, yeah. And then he, he, he sent me something and he set the date like the 16th. He said, oh, let's get married the 16th of, the, of, of November 2019. And he mm. sent the significance of the numbers and all of that. So I was like, okay. Because he was basically saying he wanted to keep a concert with um, some guy from overseas and all of that. And he wanted me by his side when he does it. So I'm saying, okay, so why don't we just do the concert first, get the money from the concert, and then we could put it towards the wedding. And then I could come to the Cayman Islands to support you, whatever. And he kept saying, oh, no, you, you, um, we don't want to overspend. We don't want to um, spend money that we don't have to spend, stuff like that. But not thinking that it was just a, a thing to not have me come to the Cayman Islands as yet. However, I worked with it and then we started planning. So now I started like basically putting stuff in place because I am not a like a last minute person. So I started venturing out on looking places stuff. So I went to St. Anne and he, he said that we, we to do it at a resort. And when we, when we did this, I think it was too much. And he said, no, we don't want to do it there. And I said to him, I don't want to get married all the way in St. Anne because if I get married all the way in St. Anne, most of my family are from Mandeville. So it would be too much to, for everybody to travel down and to book rooms and stuff for everyone. So mm -hmm. it is best if we just do it closer to where I'm at. And because I have friends in high places, I said, I got friends that has 
places we could keep the the, the reception yeah. and and do the whole thing. He was like, okay, and I everything that I did, I sent mm-hmm. it to him, but I realized that he was. I realized that he was basically doing most of the planning. He chose the colors. He chose the ring. He chose the date. He chose everything. So I, I was upset because at one point I, I said to him, let me ask you this. Who's marrying who? Because if I say no, this can't go forward. Mm-hmm. And I realized that all the plans is on you. And I'm the female here. Yeah. So let me and just he, um, just what, what, let me pause you one second there, Lorna. So one person, Andrea, is of the opinion that um, you said yes too quickly to this situation. So somehow she is saying that you are to take some blame for this. And to be honest, in my discourse with you, you have never said um, that he forced you to marry him. You've never oh, put no. the blame on him. You said, listen, I'm a big woman. Oh. And I made this decision. And now that I'm looking back on it, yes, there were red, red flags that um, I should have taken a bit more seriously. So this isn't a situation right. where you're trying to blame him on why no, you not, got no. married. I'm not even blaming. I'm not blaming him. What I'm here for is because of what he's doing. It's right. because if because when when all this the first forward a bit, what, what he is doing is basically making it seem like I am the person that's the villain and I have never once deceived him into doing anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have ignored him from, from the minute he started, from the 25th of, of December when he threw me out of his house. He didn't literally yeah. throw me out, but he told me to get out of his house and go let my rich men find place to put me. All right. So let, let's, let's, let's but go back. Let's fast forward with it. Yes, right. let's not fast forward it yet because people are going to get a little bit confused. So, um, right. so you're planning the wedding. He was he right. seemed very much engaged in the wedding planning process. Yes, so much so that he was trying to tell you, you know, which area of Jamaica to get married in. Um, no, was he, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't tell me that. He I found the place because I thought it was more convenient. For everyone to to get married here because he comes he lives in Clarendon that's a couple miles from where I am at and mm-hmm. it would be easier for everyone to meet in the middle right okay so right. so whenever I found and, the and, place, and just to be clear at this point you still had not met him in person no okay all right so you're planning this wedding um, let's pick up the story. So you said, you know, you're sending him everything as you're thinking, okay, this is the venue. Right. Um, this is what we're doing. What was the discussions then of, um, you know, because when, when big people who've been married multiple times get involved in a wedding, normally in terms of your budget, you're not going to be going over the top because, Hey, you've right. been down this aisle before. Sometimes, right. Like myself, you just say, you know what? Let's just elope. This isn't even about a ceremony. You know, if we are in love, we are going to just get married um, to consummate that union. Um, You know, you might have one or two guests there and then you celebrate with a little small reception afterwards. But you guys were going to do a proper church wedding? Yes. He wanted, yes, because he wanted stained glass windows and everything. He wanted a traditional wedding. Okay. But for me, I told him that I didn't want anything big, but he insisted on having something big. Mm-hmm. So I, I said, I really don't want a big wedding because I don't really, I don't really move like around a lot of people like that. 
to, to mm -hmm. really have them like coming or to be, and it was a short notice as well. So I'm saying to him, how I said, I said to him, I want 30 people because it's not going to go over 30. Mm -hmm. And he said like, um, he was like, okay, so that's fine. When we, yeah, we did have a budget because we said we weren't going to pass X, like X amount. But by the time we started doing stuff, it, the, the money keep going up because we had to rent the chairs. We had to buy the cake. We have to do this, this, this. We have to do a lot of stuff. Yes. Anyways, I started using money from my savings in order to get stuff going. Then he started sending me money. Yes. Like, like to put towards it. And then we started talking. And I said to him, because of initial stages, it was like doing it at the hotel was going to be too much. Mm -hmm. But when I started calculating everything, I said it would be better if you do it there. But it's just that we have to do it here because if we go down there, it's going to cost like a little bit extra for everyone to stay in the room. Mm -hmm. Then, mm -hmm. um, okay, so we agreed on the venue. The, the same person, because they're my friends, and they, they, were, they had their own uh, resort. Like, not really kind of resort, resort, but it's like a guest house. So mm -hmm. they allowed me to use their vehicle. It was a part of a package. We just worked out a package deal where it was very convenient and it was good for both of us financially. Mm -hmm. I sent him everything and every receipt, every transaction, I sent him the receipts, stuff like that. He said to me, um, he doesn't want to see them. He trusts me. But I still kept record of everything because mm -hmm. remember, he's sending me money as well. Right. Anyways, he, he came to Jamaica. I told him that I, I saw the ring that I wanted because he sent me to choose a ring and stuff and I went and the one that I liked he I said to him I'm gonna pay down some money on it he said no don't pay the money on it I'll be coming to Jamaica the next week so he would do it and he wanted to buy the rings cash I was like okay but let me you know this is a jewelry store if you don't hold it it's gonna go however when he came we were having a little problems with his account whatever and he, we, it was cleared and we went ahead and we, when I, when we went back, the ring was gone. So I had to choose something else. When we went back to the, get the money from the bank, when we went back, he chose something else. And then I have to choose something else again. So why, so that why did that of, happen? He wanted a more expensive ring. For himself. Than what he, yes. Than what he initially Okay. And did he then tell you to choose something more expensive as well? Or no. oh, I use my discretion. I use my discretion and choose something else because I the budget for because we were budgeting. So right. I have to so take basically, a bring that cost let me understand. Let me clarify this. So did you choose something less expensive because he was choosing something more expensive? Yes. Wow. Now listen to me. I've been down this road before and in my late thirties, you know, the ring and the jewelry isn't so important anymore, but I have never heard of a man upgrading his ring and the bride as a result has to downgrade her ring. In fact, there are men who will not even wear a ring. They're just like, listen, I don't need any jewelry. I'm not a jewelry person. We'll right. spend the money well, on what, your ring. That's what he so, initially said. This is the opposite here. Here's a man who wants to upgrade his bling and the bride has to downgrade. Were you thinking at this point, what the hell am I getting into? Yeah, I did. 
because that is crazy. Now I did, but you see well, how the whole thing is out, right? Yeah, but but the whole thing is that we we did it on the promise that he would get me a more expensive ring after the first anniversary. Wow. Okay. Right. And because I'm I'm that kind of person, I'm not really fussy about like all that because it, yeah. it shouldn't be the jewelry that's important. But it was and, important and for to me, him. right? I guess so. Now that I know this, but yeah. for me, I was mostly I was mostly getting married because I did love him. Don't get me wrong, I did because he he does like stuff. He he says this, he says stuff. He makes me laugh. He basically so I'm not making him out to be the bad person. As if yeah. I just did this out of for the moment stuff. No, he he was he's good for the most part if he wants to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How, however, um, he came. He we were staying at my house, so we never slept together in the same room. I gave him my room. I slept in my daughter's room, and we we sat down. We had talks. When my daughter went to bed, I remember the first time, the first night he came. I said to him, "Are you sure you're ready for this?" Because he, because of how he was talking about his second wife, I asked him, I said, are you sure you're ready for this? Because conversations that we have, you seem to be a bit bitter. Mm. And he was like, no, I'm not bitter. And I'm saying, but the stuff that you're saying about her, because if she's your second wife and you already has gone to the third one and now you're about to do the fourth one, are you yeah, sure you want to do this? It? Right. Right. I'm saying, are you sure you want to do this? So I asked him, I proceeded to ask him, how long was, have you um, divorced your third wife? And he said over two years. I said, how long did that one last? He said nine months. Uh -uh. And I said, wow, that's a red flag. And he was Mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. Um, it's, It's just because, and then he started blaming them, like basically saying, oh, God told, because is what he does, he uses the word of God to manipulate every situation. So mm-hmm. he's saying, oh, you're a woman of God. You're supposed to know that people this and people that and, you know, rebellious and women in the church. And I'm saying to him, I said to him, that's crazy because he told me that they, he and the third wife was basically good. It's just because the Lord told her to support him and she didn't support him. Say what? Yes. Yeah, so, um, and they kind of basically came to an agreement to, to so, end the marriage. So at this point now, I'm hearing some money things that are concerning me um, that should be red flags. So I'll, here's a guy who um, is willing to upgrade his ring and the, he lets his bride to be downgrade hers. Um, he is now telling you that his last relationship ended because the woman was not following the word of God and financially supporting him. No, are, no, are not, I mean, no, not financially. Wasn't supporting him in basically he was going through the issue with his house, get, trying to lose his oh, house. Oh, okay. And, right, right. But she wasn't supportive Right. Um, whatever situation he was okay. in. Okay, yes. all right, I got yeah. you. Okay, all right. Right, so he said that one ended. Anyways, um, he didn't stay long. He stayed for the weekend. Um, we just basically talked like, and have Bible studies and, and devotions in the morning and stuff. He went back and then I realized that it was basically a financial strain because he never said it to me, but I picked it up. So he said, I said, where are we going to get money to do all this? Let's just 
stop fooling around and do it privately. He was mm-hmm. like, no, 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 I'm going to go into a partner. And he went into the partner. He got the first set of money, which we used to basically hold on most of the stuff. Like that wasn't covered as yet. And then he went into another one and then the issue started. So he was having an issue because I, I'm, I was making the list. I was making the list for the wedding and I was asking him, how about your family? Mm-hmm. And he was like, um, I met his sister. I met his sister when he came here the first time. Mm-hmm. And I said, how about them? Aren't they coming? And he was like, oh, my brother and I, we don't have a good relationship, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. I said, no, you're a man of God. You're, so, you're not supposed to be keeping malice. So call him and invite him because it's not going to look good if I'm the only one that has my family there and your family is not there. He mm-hmm. said, okay, he'll, he'll try and break the ice. And it took days, it took days, and then days got onto days until it's almost a week. And I got back to him and I said to him, what about your kids? He was like, no, I don't think my kids will be coming because we don't have a good relationship either. I was hmm. like, what? Wow. So I'm saying, so no. Basically, nobody is coming to this wedding on his side? That's, that's how it seemed at first. And then okay. I had to convince him to make amends with people that he's not talking to, which he did, especially with his kids, because I'm saying, you're a dad, you're an adult, because he told me the situation, why he and his daughter wasn't on speaking terms. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, no, you can't do that either, because what you did was wrong, and you need to go and apologize, not because you're a father and she's a child. We st- they still have feelings, and you have to be more considerate about what you do, because stuff that you say will kind of affect kids. So you mm-hmm. need to go and, and make, make amends. He, he tried. He said he went and she didn't. She was basically stubborn. So I said, try again. Because mm-hmm. what he went, he went and he wanted her to apologize mm-hmm. for something that, that he did. And I'm saying, and he was saying, I am the adult here. And then we kind of have a disagreement about that again because I'm saying to him, no, you can't do that. So I was very annoyed because it it escalated because I'm saying these are your children. And if we're going to be married, I don't want bad blood because if you're going to be around my kids, I would want to be around your kids as well and everybody to be comfortable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he was like, oh, I'm going to try again. They tried and it worked and all of this. But it's this kind of a long, daunting story. So he came back, everything was set for the marriage. So like two weeks into two weeks before getting married, before the whole sermon, how I long said was to he him, in, sorry, Lorna, how long was he in Jamaica for? A weekend. He just came for, for the, the first weekend. time. Yes. Okay. So most of this conversation you guys are just having long distance on the phone and that right. sort of thing. Okay. Right. So two weeks before the sermon, I, I said to him. Now that we are going to get married in a few weeks, let's talk about sex. Okay. He was like, okay, what do you want to talk about? Mm -hmm. I said, "Um, we're adults. So I don't want to be coming into the bedroom with stuff that you're not used to and vice versa. I don't want you to come into the bedroom with stuff that you're not, that I'm not used to. And he was laughing and he, I said, okay, what if I come in the bed with blindfolds and stuff and it scare you away? You don't like them kind of stuff. But I was basically just throwing it out there. And he was like, 
Oh no, he started laughing and he clapped and stuff. And he was like, okay, just know that you are not going to have a five minute man. Okay. I was like, I was like, okay, that sounds all right. <laughs> I mean, most women are not going to complain about that. So, all right. But... Exactly. So I was yeah. like, okay. And, and listen, um, Lorna, this is 2020, right? Even right. if you're in the church, everybody accepts that the men and women have physical needs. They have sexual needs. Uh, the Bible exactly. doesn't say anything against having sex within the the proper relationship of marriage. Right. And, you know, it is what it exactly. is. People don't need exactly. to find this conversation strange. Um, right. And I'm actually applauding you for even wanting to bring up marriage or sex before you get married. That's an important conversation to have because if you're living um, a godly life and you're in the church, that means you're not engaging in anything sexual beforehand. So you guys would not have had any contact outside of what? Kissing, holding hands? No. Yeah. So, you know, you don't try out the goods first. You might be a little bit disappointed or shocked if, you know, like you said, you're not on the same page. So it was a good conversation to have. But again, um, it seems like he was a little bit dismissive of even having the conversation. He was. Yeah, so the only thing he could tell you is you're not going to get a five-minute man. So you're thinking, right. well, you could work with that. Right. Okay. Um, so after he came, we he was here again, and we were basically trying to work out the sleeping arrangements and stuff. He didn't want to. He didn't want to stay at my house. He wanted to stay at the hotel where with the ladies were staying, and then. We okay. We agreed. There was a lot of stuff going on that, that the day before the wedding because it was a lot of going around picking up stuff, being at the venue for stuff to be dropped off, and all of that. But all he was mostly interested interested in is the photographer. Where's the photographer gonna stand? You can't put the chairs here because the photographer has to stand here. So I got annoyed, and I'm saying you're not even helping to move the chairs and stuff. All you're on about is about the, where the photographer is going to stand. Mm. He was like, no, 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 because I do photography, so I need to know where, um, I need to understand for him to get a good view, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I, I said, listen, you deal with this, and then I will go get the rest of stuff and do whatever is left to get done, because somebody needs to be at the venue to count off the stuff that's been dropped off. And he was mm -hmm. like, no, I mean, why you leave? I don't want you to leave me to go anywhere. So I said, but we can't do this like this. So I got upset and I left. I drove off and when I left, he was calling me, oh, I thought we we're gonna, I said, you have to stay at the venue. I gotta go pick up the stuff at the house, like the drink and the stuff. So I came home, get them, went back and then I had to go get my nails and it was just a crazy day. Mm -hmm. Okay, on the day of the wedding, we were mad late. Um, just, I'm just trying to fast forward for time's sake. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. after, after we, the, we were finished at the church, we went to the venue to take the photographs and stuff. And there were bugs because it rained like earlier in the day. So there were bugs going underneath my dress and they were biting me all over. Mm. And you know, I can't allow anybody to push their hands up under my dress and stuff. So I'd be shaking the dress off. So mm -hmm. I said to him, I said, I said, babe, 
we need to go because it's going to rain and we are way behind time and there are people that has to go to work. And he was like, okay, okay. So let's take, he, he had a backdrop that he needed to take pictures at. So I said, okay. So when, I, when we got to the venue, it was mad late because people was just sitting there waiting to eat because everybody was hungry because it was meant to be an 11 o'clock wedding. It, start, it just started like minutes to three. Mm-hmm. So people were getting frustrated and stuff. And I have to be considerate about the guests. And right. he was like, no, let, let's go take some pictures um, at the backdrop. So I said, okay, fine. We took some pictures and he wanted to, <laughs> so this is the funny part. He wanted to go back into the room to sit under the AC so his makeup don't smudge for the pictures. All right, just stick a pin. What are you telling me, Lorna? The man had on makeup? Yes, he is. Is this a new thing? Because he, he I'm not hearing anything about men doing makeup for weddings yet, not Caribbean men. So he actually had makeup done? He had your makeup artist do his makeup? He, yes, ma'am. He was adamant about getting his makeup done. It was like if he didn't get his no, makeup sir. done, the wedding would not go on. I, I found it. I found it weird, but I just left him to do his thing. Lord, anyways, um, he had to be camera anyway, ready then. There you go. So I I took some pictures, and the bugs were like crawling further up underneath the dress. So I said, "Listen, I'm gonna have to take this dress off." He was like, "Wait, wait, let's take some more pictures." I said, "You can't be going upstairs to sit down twenty minutes." And then to come back down and take pictures, and then I'm flustered, stuff's biting me, and, and the people are sitting there waiting. They're getting frustrated, and it's getting dark, and it's on the balcony. Anyways, yes. he, got, he got really upset. I, I just walked away. I said, babe, you need to be more considerate. I walked away, went to take the dress off, and then he came back up and said, come, come, we're going to take some more pictures. I said, no, I, I'm not going to do this. Anyways, he, we, I went inside. I said, I'm going inside right now because I'm starving. Yeah. I'm about to pass out. And he was like, okay, let's go. And while we're sitting around the table, he was very quiet. He was very upset. And most of the people that were there is either my pastor, my friends, my pastor's wife, like family members. It's just three people, like two people, three people that was there that is associated with him. Mm -hmm. So after the wedding, so I'm going to fast forward again. After the wedding, we were on our way to the honeymoon. Mm -hmm. And then when we're in the back of the car, I kind of snapped at him a few times. So I apologize. I said, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have snapped, but it was just everything was too overbearing. And you weren't making it easy for me. So I apologize. Yeah. He was like, okay, that's fine. Now that you apologize, because I was going to address it. But now that you apologize, it's okay. Mm -hmm. We started, what he started acting that he's saying i'm not feeling well my stomach is hurting i feel upset i want to throw up so we asked the guy to pull over so we could get him something hot to drink because he hardly touched the food at the wedding because mm -hmm. he was so upset and we got we got something we got something for him and then we went to the hotel and then after we went to the hotel then all the red flags start going up mm. i i was so meant to all pay. the red flags that we saw before you mean there are more red flags to come oh my goodness it just it the whole thing just crumbled wow on so the, we on were the honeymoon night the same night as we as we got to rio yes he started acting really bad like okay. so we tell us, tell us what happened so we went to the front desk to check in but we have to pay through the bank we we have to basically put the money in the account to go there to, to get the room 
So okay. the money was on my the money was in my account, but I did not want money to come out my account that wasn't supposed to be spent because we I still have to think about after getting married. Yeah. So he, he sent the money to basically put to for the balance to, to, to put that money up to where we're supposed to pay. But I didn't have the time to go to the bank because he sent the money late. And the next day we were supposed to get married. So so he came like the Friday evening, I think. Yeah, something uh -huh. like that. But anyways, the money came late. So I didn't get the time to put it in the bank. And it was just $2,000. When we got to the front desk, I gave the guy the card. I said, take this amount of the card. Right. And he, he was like, okay. And I said, and I'm going to give you the additional. Because how we check the, 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 um, the rate, Mm -hmm. The equivalent to the to the Jamaican dollar, we we had done it for one thirty eight, and it was like one forty. Okay. So so we when I got there, it was one forty. So we have to pay an additional, I think, four thousand dollars. So I I had the money in my purse. I was taking it out to give to him, mm -hmm. and he he said, I thought the whole of the money was on the card, and I said, Yeah, but I didn't get the chance to go to the bank, mm -hmm. and it was like. Me think hundred and eight. So me said, I said because we check it at hundred and thirty eight. Mm -hmm. You could uh, and and I'm saying so. I said to him, I don't want him to take off the money off the the the, the card. I have the cash, so I give it to him. So the guy was there. Like, yeah, that was fine. He was very polite. He was like, oh yeah, that's fine, whatever. He looked at me with a look like you could have fooled me hmm. because I said I didn't have the time to go to the bank. And he was like, you could have what, fooled what, me what, with what an attitude. What does it even make if you have the money, whether it's on the card or cash? You right. send the bill. So what what difference does it make? Exactly. So that's so the guy looked up and the guy was like the way he said it, the guy was like, and he turned away again. Anyways, I, I kind of try to smooth it off. I mean, um, Lorna, you've heard of these shows um where they talk about women being bridezillas, you know, around yeah. the wedding, they kind of go crazy and they want things a certain way. And but I don't know yeah. if there's such a thing as a groomzilla. But it sounds to me like he was a groomzilla. Makeup has to be done. Have to sit in AC. Um, yeah. You know, I can't eat at the wedding because I'm so upset about something trivial. I mean, yeah. he had more drama than Quaker has oats. Like, what the there hell? You go. Right. So and then the here you are now. Honeymoon time is here because, you know, every bride looks forward to the wedding the night. Honeymoon. It's going to be special and romancing and and already you're not even in the room yet. And the situation is getting more and more frustrated. Oh, he started from in the car, but I tried to overlook and ignore him. So when we got there, the way he looked at me was kind of not acceptable, but I just let it slide. And the, it was so obvious that mm -hmm. the guy kind of looked at us like awkward. And then I tried to smooth it over. And I said to the guy, have you got any packages for like newlyweds and stuff? And he was like, oh, you just got married. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, no, all the rooms are the same. It's just that the view is different. Okay. Okay. We, we got our room. We, the guy took us to the room. When we went to the room, the room smelled like cigarette and weeds. So I said, I'm not staying in this room. Can we get another room? The guy was on the phone for about 10 minutes trying to get us another room. He was like all over the place. Um, why you have changed the room? I said, the room don't smell right. And I'm not going to come into this. And anyways, he said, it was, it was calm. When we, 
when the guy finally spoke to his supervisor and got us another room, he took us to the room and everything. I gave the guy some money. He was like, we had given so much money for them, get pee already and stuff like that. I'm saying, don't be like that. And he was like, okay. He was very uptight. Anyways, I overlooked again. I said to him, when I get into the room, I said, you know, females and their bags. So I said to him, being as you have less stuff, you could go shower before I do. He was like, I wanted to get something to eat. So I asked the young man that was there, I said, what time does the, the restaurant close? He said, um, it's supposed to be closing at 10. But we got them like a little bit to 10. So I said, let's leave it until tomorrow. Let's make some coffee or something because there was stuff in the room. So mm -hmm. I said, let's make some coffee and stuff. And then we could just wake up tomorrow and go get something to eat early. Okay, so we, he went to shower. He came out wrapped in a towel. I was like, okay, I got my work cut out for me now. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> yes. so I, I went to shower, you know, did my thing, came out. He was there. So I initiated it. He didn't. I initiated intimacy. Okay. So the romance is on now. Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. So he was a bit apprehensive. He didn't want to like do it. They were like, I'm tired, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, really? We ain't going to work tomorrow. So let's do this. Mm -hmm. Anyways, he, we, we were there fooling around, fooling around until there was nothing happening on his side. Mm. So when, I was... When you say nothing happening, um, there was nothing no excitement happening. in the pants? Yeah. Okay. All right. So we, we so say was, maybe the man stressed out. Right. Wedding that's what he's, jitters. That's what he said. He said he was a bit tired and then he was anxious. So it was like yeah. he was nervous, not anxious, nervous. So I was like, really? So a little thing went on, but nothing, no, no kind of penetration, or whatever. We went to sleep. So I thought that, be, okay, I'm giving you some time, being as you're tired and whatever, I'm giving you some time. Yes. Um, so I thought that now, early in the morning, I'm going to be feeling something coming on me, right? So I yeah. was like, okay. Yes. So I you woke know, up morning, in the well. The morning stuff can be very exciting, my dear. Right. Yes. All right. So he, in the morning, I was woken up by him, not for that, but for telling me that, oh, it's time to go for breakfast. So oh, I was like, oh, okay. So I didn't and want this is, to see this is you now after years of waiting Yeah. on the right man. You think, okay, he might not be a hundred percent on point, but you know, we can work with it. And right. then the one and, and you know, thing you've been waiting I, on. For all these years, you can't even get on the wedding night. Lord have mercy. And you know, for the for the for the worst part, remember I didn't I was born in church. So I, I'm yes. just a Christian for a while. So I'm saying, okay, what's going on here? But anyways, I didn't want to push it like that's that's what I'm mostly into. Yes. So I I was like, okay, then maybe after we eat, because he's hungry, maybe after we eat, we can come back and we can do whatever. Mm. We went for breakfast, we came back, and it was shower and then fool around again. Okay. So the fool around was just fooling around, fooling around. We, we, he was like, okay. So I kind of realized that he's not so 
open as me then let me put it that way okay so um i kind of start initiating because i'm saying okay probably he's kind of nervous and i'm kind of too kind of thing so yes. i said okay it might, it might let, me, let me calm it down right <laughs> okay so i started started to do my thing on him and then there was nothing happening just the same so i sat down now after like about 45 minutes and i was like okay what's going on mm. he was like just be patient take your time blah blah blah, blah. i was like take my time 45 minutes that's a lot right. of warming up we should have been done by then. <laughs> but anyways, I know it, was like, it wasn't a five-minute situation, but geez, I'm peace. Forty-five right, so, minutes is a long haul. Anyways, I he was like, "Just be patient with me and let me do my thing." So right. I was okay. I said, "Okay, let me see what he's up to." So I was laying there, missionary, mm -hmm. and he was just there trying to get it in but it wasn't getting in so being as i'm more experienced i kind of push my hand underneath his hand and i try to put it mm. in myself it wasn't ready to put in mm -mm. so i said to him what's going on so i got mm -hmm. up now and i said to him am i not attractive he was like yeah i love your body blah 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 and I was like, so what's going on? Is there something wrong? What's going on? He, he just told me some stories. And to be honest, I was at so frustrated at this point. I, I have yeah. a headache. I'm not going to lie. I turned to, the, I turned to the Johnny Walker that was there. I started drinking. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Lord have mercy. I started drinking. And then we went outside. And I was now, no, I ran into the bathroom with my phone and I texted my pastor and I said, oh my God, I need help. And he was like, you're not supposed to be texting me. You're supposed to be in bed with your husband. I said, listen, you need to start praying because we need some matches around here. <laughs> oh Lord. So you called for divine intervention. There you go. Yes. <laughs> because I couldn't pray. Well, anyway. Karen makes a good point here. Karen says, well, you can't raise the dead. Only Jesus can do that. So Karen, She's trying that. She called the pastor for Jesus to try to do his part. And what ended up happening? So he laughed and he said he was in a meeting, so I was to call him later. It didn't get to that. Now, one, I, we have mutual friends because one of the lady that took part was his friend. So um, she texted me and she said, your husband sent me a very inappropriate text what and i said what do you mean this is she at said, the hotel still yeah we were still at the hotel this was oh the this was God. a sunday wow this this was a sunday so he he um she said to me that where are you i said i'm still here with him she sent me the message and she said i saw him early this morning on facebook and i texted him and said you're not supposed to be on facebook you're supposed to be hugging up your wife Mm -hmm. And he said, he texted her and said, you know what good. You know what good? He texted her like something inappropriate for me to say online on here. Oh. Right. He was saying the female part is good. So I sent her the emojis with my eye like this. Like, what? 
That's inappropriate. Why would he do something like that? He's not so a child. He He's a big man. About, let me just clarify. Me. You're talking about her female part or yours? No, mine. Mine. But he's saying it's another woman. Yeah. At the same time, he's not really performing. Right. So now I, mean, I that send off another signal in my head because I'm saying, why would he say that to, to somebody? Like, we're married. Yeah. Why would you be doing that? Yeah. And moreover, that's a lie. But because I didn't want to emasculate him because I didn't know what was going on at this point, because it could yeah. be a fact that he's really trying to He's, he's probably frustrated or something was yes. going on with him. But, but to me, for me, it, the last thing on my mind was that he was dysfunctional. Right. Anyways, we, we just stayed there. We vibed. We took videos. We took pictures. He was mostly on his phone as usual. He was always, always, always on his phone. And mm. I'm not the one of the females to tell a person, a big man, that get off the phone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you're to use your discretion to say, I'm here. We're not supposed to be on the phone. Let's spend time yeah. with each other. Because remember, we didn't even spend enough time before we got married. So use this opportunity to, to get to know each other. Right. Anyways, we, the evening came. We went for dinner again. And this time I see him like going around, going around, talking to most of the guys. Um, I didn't really know what the conversation was about. I, I won't lie. Um, anyways, we... They were keeping stuff, you know, so it's a five, five stars. So we were there and after dinner, we, he went back to the room. He came down. We, I gave him something to bring to the room. He said, it don't make no sense. Both of us go up. It's best. We just, you stay and I go use the bathroom and come back. Mm -hmm. So I was standing down there. They were having like live bands and stuff. And we were there just having fun. So I said to him, let's go to the bar and get something to drink. He said he doesn't want any alcohol. So I said, you don't have to get alcohol. You could get a pina colada or a virgin doctor or something. He was like, okay. So when I went to the bar, I said, probably he needs to loosen up a bit. So I said to the guy, make it messy. Make his messy. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't put alcohol in it. So he, I said, don't put too much though. So yeah. the guy said, okay. And he came the same time and he was like, I said, I put alcohol in it. You know that, right? And he was like, I hope it's not a lot. I said, taste it. When he tasted it, he was like, it's, oh, it was okay. So we, we did the same thing. Right. So after that, we went back to the room. Because I'm, okay, um, Karen makes an interesting point that sometimes a little bit of alcohol, not too much, but sometimes right. a little bit of alcohol can help a man with, you know, and it loosens yeah. him up. It loosens yes. him up as well. Yes, get him ready. So, and yes, right. So I was trying to do that. He he. We went back to the. No, I said to him, "Let's go walk on the beach." Mm. He came, and we were there walking on the beach. So I was there hugging him, like stuff like that, pushing my hand in his shirt, like all that. And he was mm. like, "No, no, no, you can't do that. People are past." I said, "What?" I said, "We're married. What are you talking about?" I said. Those two people, they're walking. You don't know what they just did. I said, listen, stop. Anyways, we, I start saying, okay, what's going on here? What's going on with this man? Because I can't take the religious thing. So what's going on here? Anyways, that's just me talking to myself. We went back to the room because he was having a lot of fun while we were standing down there in the lobby. We were having a lot of fun. He was having fun. He started dancing. He started letting down his hair, all of that. He's not this uptight person anymore mm. so I, was, I started smiling I said yes I've worked cut out for me because to be honest he's got a nice tool 
Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, yeah, I'm going to cut out for me later now. Look like a thing I'm going to go on. Anyways, we went back to the room. It, it was like episode three of OS. And say that and again? It was episode three of OS. Okay. Right. So, so I'm saying, Ooh. okay, um, let me see where this is going. So I, now I'm, I was kind of under the influence of alcohol too. Mm-hmm. So I put on a lingerie yes. and a heels. And then I said, let me just do some little thing for him and all of that. He was sitting there. Could you believe this man was sitting there on the bed on his phone? And you're wearing sexy lingerie and looking the most. Yes, ma'am. Then he looked up and he was like, oh, I like that color. And he held back down his head on the phone. While we were there fooling around again, there was still nothing happening. So I got madly frustrated this time. I hit my teeth, took off my lingerie and everything. And I put on like a big girl panty, one that you wear to bed. So you went from the lingerie to the big girl panty because no, nothing was working. So you just like this no. is it. I'm 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 frustrated. So yeah. I went back to the I went back and I got some more Johnny Walker black and I sat down in the bed and I was drinking while yeah. he was on his phone. So Andrew, um, Andrew said, what is OS? <laughs> um, um, Andrea. I know, right? Oral. Oral. <laughs> That's all we can say. Oral. Right. All right. You figure it out. Oral SEX. Right. Put it together. All right. Continue. Okay. So we were there. And when he looked up and he saw me in the big girl panic, he got, he got so excited. He was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And the funny part, he was like, whoa. And he clapped. He was so excited to the point that he clapped. And he was like, like the, um, he doesn't like the sexy lingerie. He's more into the old-fashioned, old-lady, big-girl panty look. All yes, right. and he, al- he also said that, he, he continued to say, that need two holes in it now. Two holes? What yes, the ma'am. hell? Okay, well, this is different. So, and everyone has their own things. Fet- their fetish that, or, or you know, something that they like. Whatever, right. turn them on. So big-girl panty with holes in them. Can do it. All right. So we're looking for yeah, some action now. No, but now that turned me off totally because I mm-hmm. I had previously, I was praying and I heard in my spirit something and I asked him about it. And he said, no, 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 I'm going to do that. I'm a Christian. I'm a group. My mother grew me in church and all of this. And then now when he said that to me, because I got the gift of prophecy, mm-hmm. but I don't walk around telling people I'm a prophet. Right. So when he's walking around talking about I'm a false prophet, he came to my church when I was preaching and he heard people calling me prophetess and stuff. I never once told people I'm a prophetess because I, really, I don't even like that responsibility. But I do have the gift. Anyways, so I said it to him. I said, you know, I was basically praying about us and for a relationship to work and all of this. And I heard in my spirit that you got molested when you were younger. And you like to peep on females when they're in the shower or while they're bathing. It was like, no, 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 none of that, whatever, whatever, whatever. So when he told me that those underwear need holes, I said, I'm 43, 42 years old. Who does that? Like, 
am I that old? Like, is this what I'm going to basically come down to? Like, but anyways, I kind of. Now this, this gives um the Holy Ghost a whole new meaning when you're talking you about it. having to <laughs> put holes in your you hair to turn your mask on. Lord, take the wheel. No, right? no. Lord, so take now, the because the bus is off the, the rails. So now I was there and he passed his phone to the side of the bed and he gave it to me. Mm. And I said, what's this? And he said, read it. So he, he, I looked at it and I said, what is it? And he said, read this. So I read it and it, he was giving me some article about delayed ejaculation. Mm. So I, I read it and I was like, okay, so what is this? Mm-hmm. He was like, I have a problem. I said, what problem? And he said, you just read it. So he, the article that he gave me was like a paragraph. So I scrolled up and I read further. So I said, okay, so what's the solution to this problem? But now remember, I'm no baby. I've been dating since I was 19 years old. So, and mm-hmm. I, I grew up on the street. It's not like I'm stupid or because I grew up in the church. So I'm a bit naive. I'm not. So I said to him, but so I know I said to myself when he gave it to me to read, I said, okay, so delayed ejaculation is basically a person not be able to ejaculate and whatever. And according to what the article said, it kind of opened my knowledge a bit more. But I said to myself, I said, no, but this is, you have to have an erection before you can actually ejaculate. So what's all this? But anyways, I still gave him the benefit of the doubt. So I said, what are, what's the solution? Have you been to the doctors? He was like, yes, I've been to the doctor. I said, what did the doctor say? He said, oh, they can't do nothing about it. Yeah. Okay, so I was so this, like, okay. This man is now telling you that he has performance issues. And when you attempted to have the conversation beforehand, Before. um, he just said, oh, I'm not a five-minute man. So he right. never brought up that, you know, on occasion, sometimes, if he's nervous or this or that, you might not be getting the sexual satisfaction, none at all. No, I told you, we had the briefest conversation about the whole intimacy wow. thing. So what is, what is going through your head now? You've just married a man that basically you've waited for years in the church to find someone and now... That part isn't going to happen. What What are you thinking in your head? I wasn't. I wasn't thinking at this point that nothing is going to happen. He never said he had erectile dysfunction. He said he had delayed ejaculation. So I'm I'm thinking that the erection is going to come at some point. Okay. So it went through all the way through, and I'm not going to lie to you. He tried and he tried, but he's trying to use his hand to kind of give it some leverage, which didn't work. And then I got frustrated again. And then when he said, okay, I'm to leave him to do what he's doing, I left him and I'd be laying there on my back for like an hour and 13 minutes at a time. My feet are numb, all of this for him to do his stuff and there's nothing happening. What the hell? No, sir. All right. So the, the, the honeymoon was over. I came back. We, I had an issue with the court where I... I was charged in 2008 for unlawful wounding for my fiance at the time. The case was thrown out and because he was trying to get my papers to come to the Cayman Islands, he said, go get your police record. 
So they gave me a letter. They called me and told me that I'm to come and get the letter to take to the court's office in Mandeville to show for a fact that the case was being thrown out and there's no charges against me for me to have a bad record. Now, he Lorna, went with just me. one second. We do have a caller who's joining us from Fort Lauderdale. And okay. um, she wants to join in on the conversation. So I'm going to just put her on speakerphone and hopefully okay. everyone can hear her. Good morning, my dear. Thank you for calling in the cold hard good truth. Good morning, good morning, good morning, <laughs> Sandy. Yes. I have to call you this morning. I swear yes. to you because right now you should have had this program tonight because this is lit. <laughs> <laughs> Lord have mercy. Yes. I hope the Christians, you know, the Christians, this is my input on this whole story. Yes. The Christians that are in church, I hope this is a lesson. Because people always want to run and say, oh, because of religious reason. Yeah. I am going to go get married or test the water. Yes. This is a lesson. This is a lesson to mm -hmm. people. Test mm -hmm. the water first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. <laughs> because, listen. <laughs> If you don't test the water, God carries the dead, you know. Got the dead away, God now is. Yes. I, I did I did see, I, I saw somebody else as well say that, listen, they know what the church says. This was JD. He says, this is why you test the water before jumping in. Miss me about fornication. So in other words, he is sorry, but he's not going to find himself in this sort of a mess. Because never Sunday, I will never find myself in that kind of mess. Because listen to me. You see these men what you see out there? Because I know that individual personally. Oh. And you would see him and things that, oh, you have it all going on because he's yes. always decked out and always shine and slick and the whole works. Yes. And you would think he have everything going on. And to be hearing this this morning is like, wow, really? Yes. Well, they say the devil is a liar, my dear child. <laughs> and um thank you honey have a good one all right folks so do remember that you can call into the program 324-1612 is the telephone number that was a caller all the way from fort lauderdale who wanted to join in on the conversation so um what a hot mess this is like really i'm sitting here thinking omg this is next level crazy and it really is so all right so we know now that there's some serious issues um you're not going to get the kind of satisfaction that you were hoping for um what what next what happens next so he after we went to obtain the the, the letter to take to the police records office so Okay, because I'm going to be straight up. He, we came on the, when, the, the Tuesday night, and it was the same thing going to happen again, and I was mad frustrated. Mm -hmm. So I have a toy, so I use a toy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, I rolled over and I went to sleep. And he was very upset. And he woke up the morning upset, didn't talk to me the whole duration of the, of the, the journey. You self-satisfied yourself. Yes. What's there to be upset about? Well, he was upset that I, I satisfied myself and I rolled over and turned my back on him. Anyways, mm -hmm. we, we went to the place, we got the thing. And for the most of the journey, he was just annoying me, annoying me. But I, I have a reputation to keep and I'm a public figure. So I wouldn't be arguing or anything. So we went, we got back. And for the whole day, we basically say 10 words to each other. Mm -hmm. He... Because now there's a lot of stuff going on in my head. 
Because mm-hmm. he's doing he's doing a lot of stuff. He he just went into himself. So the pretense and the facade that he was doing to get married was all through the window. He just stopped being himself. Mm. We came home. I asked him, I said, do you want something to eat? He said, yes. I made him something to eat. I was mad tired. So I said, listen, I'm going to go to bed. And I'm going to get some sleep. I left him sitting on the sofa on his phone. Slept for two hours. I woke up. He was sitting in the same place on his phone. I made dinner. I gave it to him. He sat right there. Not the whole thing like sitting around the table and eating with my daughter and I know he sat in the sofa I didn't mind because I was annoyed but I don't my daughter is not used to male coming around and she's not used to hearing me arguing with anyone mm-hmm. so I I just left it to play off we were sitting and we finished eating tidy up the kitchen and everything my daughter went to bed she had school the next morning and I was sitting in the other sofa across the room from him he got up and he said to me I want to talk to you. Let's go in the room. And I came in the room and he was so arrogant about what he's saying to me. Oh, um, the Bible saying of him, the sun go down upon your wrath. Well, let me speak proper English. The Bible said not to let the sun go down on your wrath. So now where is um, familiar. You understand the patwa. Go on. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it was like, oh, this, the Bible said not the sun go down upon your wrath. So basically, my wife tell us, say, um, me not comfortable with where you do last night because you just satisfy yourself and roll over and go to bed. So I said, and, and then he got up and he was coming out the room. And I was like, no, 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 no. So I got up off the bed and I closed the door. I said, no, 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 no. You're not going to come here and be saying what you want to say and I don't have a say. So mm-hmm. I said to him, you deceived me because you told me prior to this that you were okay. And now it's leaving me to think that there is a bigger problem than what you're telling me. Mm-hmm, he was mm-hmm. like, way hot out about And he stepped out the room. So I got into the bathroom. I know I was madly upset. So I went into the bathroom and I was sitting there. And right away, the guys that cooked in the kitchen, they, they didn't get paid. So I told him that when I came back, I would have paid them. Mm-hmm. So one of them was calling me the same time, which is my cousin. Mm-hmm. which has has a street reputation mm-hmm. so he right so he he saw the person on the phone and he heard me talking to the person because i didn't want to be on the phone and he hear me and saying i'm calling people so i put mm-hmm. the phone on speaker and he, the same time he came into the bathroom and i was saying i said to the guy let me call you back tomorrow and tell you where to meet me to pick up the money he was mm-hmm. leaving that same he was leaving the thursday Okay, so the third, so in the night we had this big blowout, mm-hmm. massive blowout. And I'm saying, this is, I don't feel comfortable with this. So he came into the bathroom. I was now crying. Mm-hmm. He saw me crying mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, um, this is not what I wanted, blah, 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 blah. And I said to him, listen, this is what I want. I need an annulment because you mm-hmm. deceived me. Yes. He, cal- he calmed right down and he was like, no, I said to him, I'm going to call the pastor and, told, and tell him that I need an annulment because you deceived me. He was like, I'll call the pastor. And he calmed right down and he said, okay, let's talk. I told him every single thing that was bothering me from, from what was bothering me from the jump right until the day. I mm. said, you're not a child. I told him everything I was thinking. I told him, I said, you said you're a man of God, but you don't act like a man of God. You don't even portray yourself to be a man of God. You're a pretender. And he was like, no, I'm no pretender, blah, 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 blah. And he was just going on. And I said to him, because there was this thing that they told him to preach at his church. 
and he went and he made a mess. And I listened to it and I addressed that as well. I said to him, we are here to help each other. And even if we are basically older than each other, it doesn't mean that we know more than each other. Mm -hmm. So I was just basically breaking it down so he could understand where I'm coming from. I said mm -hmm. to him, you're an immigration um, uh, um, consultant. I, I went to school to, to do ministry. So you should have oh, asked that, me. That's the job that he was doing. Right. Okay. Immigration consultant. Anyways, mm -hmm. I, I said to him, um, you should have asked me to, to tell you how to put structure your sermons. So I said, if a further reference, do it this way. Oh, because he doesn't pray. This man does not pray out loud. I never heard him pray up. Like one time I heard him pray out loud. He said, oh, you know, I have to pray out loud because this is just tradition, religious, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, we, we squashed that. We went to bed. He woke up the morning. I had, he had an early flight, so I had to take him to the bus station to go get his, his plane. Right after I dropped him off, I went right to the pastor. I went back to the church. I went to the pastor. I said, sir, I don't know, but this, I think I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. He said, he said, what do you mean? And I explained everything in detail because for me, I am not going to be a hypocrite or hide anything. But the thing that I didn't do, I did not want to emasculate him. I did not want to tell anybody that he has erectile dysfunction because I wasn't sure at the time that that's what it was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I still was cutting him some slack. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the pastor sat down and the pastor said to me, oh my God, and then he started venting. The pastor started venting to me that, oh, I really see some stuff in him that didn't add up, blah, 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 and I think he's this, that, that, and the third. Anyways, I said to the pastor, I said, sir, what do I do? Because mm -hmm. I don't know what to do, and I am not sure He's telling the truth about his male parts because two things I addressed to the pastor. I said, first, he's not getting it up. And second, if he only likes missionary position, then I'm going to be laying there. Let, I said, let's say it's a fact that he has this erectile dysfunction. Mm -hmm. I am going to be laying there for hours and, and in the one position. That's not fair for me either. We have to come to some form of compromise. And he said, Mm-hmm. That's what he said to me. You just you just said you Luman of God, you have to work with it. And you know, sometimes in the church they they, they want you to more stay married and be miserable than Trust. to basically get out of it and, and, yeah. and live your life. Because to be honest, the reason why I'm even on here is not because for personal reasons, because I was silent for months. He'd be saying the worst things and I was silent for months because to me, I didn't even care. Because I knew I made a mistake too. Yes. So let, let's let's fast forward now a little bit. Um, right. So you have this issue. You spoke to your pastor with your concerns, really thinking right. that you need to get out of this situation sooner yeah. rather than later. The pastor yeah. tells you, no, sis, work with it. Yeah, right? he said, he said you know, work with it. Yes, you're in a marriage now. You do the right thing. God says, you know, nothing's going to be perfect. Uh, right. Sometimes it's far, far, far from perfect, but he's telling right. you work with it and try to hang in there. All right. right. So um, let's fast forward to when you come to the Cayman Islands for the first time. So how okay. much time passes between this honeymoon event in Jamaica and you deciding to come to the Cayman Islands? 
between the day we got married, the 16th, it was a month. Okay, so a month, you plan a trip, you come to Cayman. Yeah. Are you in the back of your mind hopeful that the blue Caribbean sea that you've heard about in the Cayman Islands might be different? Maybe we have a different air that can that can raise the dead in Cayman. You're funny. <laughs> yeah, no, Cayman is a you're special, no, remember, you're special here, you know. Remember, remember, Anna, I wasn't, I, I still in my head, I still didn't think that he had that problem. I thought that he was genuinely having tired issues and all of this. Okay, all right. So he booked the ticket, I came, and when I came, we went out to get something to eat. We went home, I took a shower, and we were there talking, and then, bam, went back to same old story again. Mm -hmm. So now I'm saying, okay, what are we going to do about this? Because to be honest, I, I, when he was like, okay, I need my wife in the Cayman Islands or oh, I'm not spending Christmas without her. Because to be honest, I wasn't in a rush to get to the Cayman Islands. Was not in a rush at all. Now let, let us address this, um, Lorna, because I think this is an important point. So there are right. people who are listening to this story and there are people who saw the original article um, about the annulment. And they made yeah. comments like, no man, she's looking to come to Cayman for good life and want him to take care of her and blah, blah, blah. Now, most of us who know this man know that he doesn't have any money to take care of you. So exactly. break it down for us. Were you desperate to come to the Cayman Islands? Was there anything here that you'd ever... No. This was your first time uh, to the Cayman okay. Islands? Yes, it's my first time. But to be honest, I've been traveling since I was like 19 years old. I've lived in London. I've traveled like small islands, Barbados. I've mm -hmm. been all over. Right. So, and you so get to New York and you go to the States whenever you feel like it. Yes. You have I've a US visa. The, yes. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't see why people would make the comment, but people are human. So they will think all sort of stuff. Yeah. Now, every time he keep mentioning that, oh, you're a Cayman, and I was never enthusiastic. To be honest, if I come to the Cayman Islands, it would be more for work and to come back home. It wouldn't be for something to live. Right. So, so to, for that perception of, for the perception of people having me, like I, I wanted papers, no, because why would I want to ha get papers from a man that's in Cayman? I could have married somebody in the US. I could have married somebody in London for papers if, for, if, if that's what I wanted. So okay. it wasn't, it wasn't, it was not about that. It, it, it was never about any papers. We did it because we just thought that we love each other enough and we were going to do this. And for me, because, you know, the stigma, that small, you know, the, you know, the um, stigma of women, a single woman in the church preaching and not having a husband. So for yeah. ministry, I just thought that for, for me, it would be good for me to be married and be in ministry. So you feel then and that the church does treat women um, singularly differently. Yeah. So you're being yes. judged for not being in a relationship. And as you said, sometimes right, because they encourage you to be in a relationship that isn't happy or healthy or. Yes. Mm. And, and I, I really know that you don't have a lot of time for me to explain all that, but yeah. this is because if it wasn't for the COVID, because this has opened my eyes. So I wouldn't even blame him. I think this was destined to happen because mm -hmm. he, he says that um, I deceived him by telling him that I got prophecies, that he would be the one. Yeah, I did get prophecies, even his name, because a, a prophet from, from Africa told me 
years before I met him that, oh, you're going to marry somebody whose name is Anthony. He has the last name, um, initial R. I got all that. And I told him this, but I did not tell him that I am a prophetess or whatever. No, I never said that to him. But anyways, fast forward to Cayman. I came to Cayman and it was the same thing over again. So he was now having financial constraints. And mm -hmm. I didn't know he was that bad until I got there. We, he was just basically scraping through. Mm -hmm. I felt bad for him. So I had some money in an account overseas in the U.S. When he was buying my ticket to come to the Cayman Islands, I said to him, why don't you buy the ticket for me to go to America? Let me stay here a week or two. And then I would get the money that I have there. And then I, we could have some money when I get to the Cayman Islands. He was mm -hmm. like, no, 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 you need to come directly here, whatever. Anyways, because remember, I have to go through Miami to get there. Mm -hmm. I, I came, I came there and things was very hard. So I, I have to start tapping into my spirituality. I start praying. I start using olive oil to wipe down the place, do all of that. <clears throat> start praying and stuff. So we were good for, for the most part. When I was there, we got a bit closer, even though there was nothing happening sexually like on that part that is supposed to be happening mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anyways um so the we had a good week for the first week it was okay he mm -hmm. came in most of the time complaining that he's not feeling well he's he's having a headache he's this he's that he's whatever so i just complied and just worked with him so the sunday i asked him the the, the wednesday night i said don't you go to bible studies because he drove, we drove past the church and I said to him, are we going to Bible study? He was like, no, I'm going to want to go to church until Sunday. And I was like, okay. Um, so the Sunday, the Saturday night, I said, what time is church? Mm. No, so, so this was the Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, the Thursday, I started having my monthly. Mm -hmm. I had brought some napkins with me, but it wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, "Hon, when you come in, can you get me some sanitary napkins? He mm -hmm. was like, Manam, buy an newspaper towel. And I thought he was joking, but he came home, he came home without it. And I was like, you forgot wait, to wait, buy wait, them? Wait, 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 wait. Listen, this is 2020, right? I think everybody in the world know by now except if you're in some remote hole in the wall and I don't know where, but most people in the world know that women have a cycle. Right. And when you have your menstrual cycle, it requires you to have the correct products. So right. your period started, you needed products. You ask your husband to please go to the store and purchase some for you. And he basically tells you, no. He said, I'm to use paper towel. He said, there's a lot of paper towels in the kitchen. Say what? Mm -hmm. but this, I actually thought he was joking I, I really thought he was joking I felt like I just stepped back 150 years in time this cannot be for real I thought he was joking All right. he, he well. came home he came home the first day I asked him did you forget and he said like forget what and then I told him and he was like oh man I have no money I was like so how am I going to get it and I come here without money so what's going to happen? Anyways, he didn't buy it. Wow. So the Sunday, the Sunday we went to church and 
I had, as I said, I had brought enough to, to last me, but I know it wasn't going to last for the whole duration of my, my, my cycle. Anyways, a Sunday, we were supposed to go to church. So I was having cramps, like terrible cramps, like the Saturday night before. So I was kind of in and out of sleep. So he got up and I heard him talking. And he's, I said to him, what time is it? No, I got up, used the bathroom, and I went back to the, in the bed. And I said mm -hmm. to him, what time is it? And he was like, it's 9.30 something. I was like, what? I said, aren't we going to church? He was, I said, I said what time church starts? And he said, 10 o'clock, but pastor, but um, he could get there late because, but pastor keep complaining that he, um, that people are coming late. So I said, no, you can't do that because you can't go there being late while everybody is being late. You, you have to set an example. Anyways, I got up, I started getting dressed. Mm -hmm. By the time I took a shower, put my makeup on, got dressed. I changed two times before he got showered. He was shaving his beard in his own time, um, dyeing the, his hairline in the meantime. He was just doing too much. No, sir. I sat there and, and I, it took him like 25 minutes after I changed in my second outfit before he, he got dressed. While we were going to church, he was driving like he's going to a funeral. I was like, oh, my God. I, I didn't want to say nothing. Mm -hmm. I just got annoyed and I got mad quiet. And I said, is this how you're going to drive? Mm. Anyways, we got to church. When we got to church, he brought me all the way up to the front, which I don't like the front of the church. But anyways, I complied. I went. And there was this young man. He was doing his thing. But for me... I'm a discerner, so I'm not going to just go sit down in a church because you said to go to a church. I started discerning as soon as I entered the door. So mm -hmm. I started picking up stuff in my spirit, so I started praying. And I, I started looking at people and because I have this gift. I can look at somebody and tell that they're sick or there's something happening because I, I preach at a fasting service, deliverance. I'm from a deliverance ministry, mm -hmm. so I have the experience and the gift. Mm -hmm. And I started looking. So I started praying and, and stuff. And then the two, two young men, um, two person walked in like about 20 minutes later. Mm -hmm. I saw somebody carrying the, a book. And then I saw, and I figured that that's the pastor. The pastor came up, he introduced himself and he was like, there are some married couples here, um, blah, 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 blah. And he called me and he said, oh, brother Anthony got married and his wife is here. She's a prophetess. I looked, I watched her on Facebook and she's a dynamic woman of God. Well, whatever, whatever. Come and greet the church. I went, mm -hmm. I did that. When I did that, he was like, oh my God, I've been praying for help and now help is here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I went back, he introduced the other people and whatever. So during the whole um, church proceedings, um, they were calling on me to pray for people, um, like lay hands on people, anoint people, stuff like that. Then Gregory's face changed. He's like, his whole demeanor changed. Hmm. I saw it, but I kind of ignored it because I know that he's jealous of, of other people's ministry. So I, I kind of ignored it. However, while when I went back to sit down, I started praying again. And then I heard I, like stuff about the pastor. Tell him this. Because I'm not one of the person that I will get something in my spirit and I will not say a word. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I heard in my spirit, tell him this. Mm -hmm. Anyways, the pastor was, I was sitting like in the front row. So the pastor was passing right by me. By this time, Anthony was standing there um, making like 
promoting his concert. I used one finger, this finger, and I tapped the pastor on his arm while he was passing. I said, I'd like to speak to you after church. Gregory saw, and then the pastor just shook his head. He didn't even lean over anything. He just looked down on me and said, okay. Okay, when Anthony was finished, he came to me. I was putting my Bible in my bag, and he came and said, he was very mad. I could tell on it by the look on his face. He was like, mad that you wanted you want? to speak to the pastor. Right. No, okay. he said, what do you want to talk to the pastor for? What do you want to talk to the pastor for? So I said, I got a word for him. And he said, you sure? Then I looked and I said, are you serious? I said, do you know me like that kind of person to be saying stuff that God didn't say? You're not getting a word for pastor. But by this time, the person, somebody came to me and said, pastor, call you. Mm -hmm. I didn't know where the pastor's office was. So the person pointed me to the office. I knocked. He said, come in. I, when I stood at the door, because by this time, I wasn't, it wasn't in my intention to not go without him. I was going to bring him mm -hmm. with me. But because of how we started acting, I just walked away, left him. Anyways, when I was at the door, something said to me, turn back and give him your bag. So I, I went back and I gave him my pocketbook to hold and he held it. I went into the office with nothing in my hand. No phone, no pen, no paper, no nothing. Mm -hmm. The pastor has a long table in his office. He was sitting at the top of the table and I was standing at the bottom of the table. When I stand on the door, I said to him, should I close the door or should I leave it open? Mm -hmm. He said, close it. Okay. It was a bit awkward for me. So I stood at the bottom of the table and I said to him, the Lord says this, 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 that, that. He said to me, I got that same word that you're giving me two weeks ago in Antigua. And then he said, I'm going to Jamaica sometimes in January. I don't remember if it was sometime in the 20s. I'm going to Jamaica and I was so frustrated. I was coming back. And when I come back, I was going to give up ministry and like relocate or something to that effect. I, the, while we were there talking, somebody was knocking because they had a, they had a, a baptism that same day. Mm -hmm. And when we came out, we were supposed to sit down and have fellowship. So he said he was going to sit down and have fellowship. He didn't do that. So we, he, he helped them to fix the tables and he walked right out. He didn't even say to me, I'm ready. He just walked right out. I followed behind him. When we went downstairs, he was like, give me the key. Gave him the keys for the car. And he went into the car. As the, the moment we drove out of the parking lot, he was like, did you give pastor your number? Did you give pastor your number? I said, what? So mm -hmm. now I am mm -hmm. baffled, like, what? And he was like, you're a liar. You're too lie. You're a false prophet. You don't get no word for pastor. I look here, look at pastor. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, so now it's my time to be silent. So wow. by this time, I'm, I'm sitting in the back of his car because the passenger side couldn't, the door couldn't open. So I was sitting in the back of the car. Wow. I started singing. I just started humming in my spirit. And he was going on from the church right to where he lived. Lord. When we, when we got home, when we got home, I came out of the car. I walked away, left him, and I stood at the door. He came, he opened the door, and I walked in, and I left the door open because I was upset. Because I'm saying, why would he be acting like this? And why would he think, I'm looking the pastor? What, what kind of nonsense is this? Right. Anyway, so here we are. Then, and, and I know the story goes deep and deep and deep. But we are running into overtime. We'll go up until right. 10 o'clock because I want us to really um, get a good conclusion on this. Right. So 
here you are, your first visit ever to the Cayman Islands with your new husband, you're in his home, your first visit to church, to yeah. his church. Yeah. First time you're meeting pastor, first time yeah. you're meeting all these people, and you decide it. to have a word with pastor, and because of him not liking that or whatever, he's actually making accusations that you're trying to make moves on the pastor. Yes. Wow. And you know what? I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, before you even spoke to me, I had heard that story because it had gone around the church about how he was calling you a Jezebel and making accusations against you and whatever. So yeah. there are other third parties who have confirmed that that event happened like that. It did. Wow. And, and then when we got in the house, it got Karen worse. The pastor is cute and available. <laughs> Karen, behave yourself. I don't, I don't know anything about the pastor to say if he <laughs> is or isn't. <laughs> but Hi. the thing, we went home and he just started going in and he just started saying disrespectful things. And I still didn't answer him. I went inside, took my clothes off. And then he started saying, give me a phone, give me a phone. I want to search for pastor's number. I said, I'm not giving you my phone. I said, why are you acting like this? And he was like, give me a phone, give me a phone. So I threw the two phones and I gave it to him. I said, sit there. And I said, You're, are you an idiot? I said, you were the one who had my phone. So, and my bag. So how would I, well, you will give pastor your number. So I said, why would you be thinking this? Anyways, I couldn't say the, the, I couldn't say the argument. So I went into the bathroom, I locked the door. And he was just going in and he was knocking the door. I need to use the bathroom. When I opened the door, he came and he started arguing again. Then he started saying nasty stuff about um, I am a W-H-O-R-E and, and I am promiscuous and nobody wanted me in Jamaica. And he came here and married me and every man that I was with, they screwed me and left me and all of that. And to be honest, I was mad, but I did not answer him. I said, Mr. Move out of the way, I give my pass. I plugged mm -hmm. my earplugs in my ears, went outside to get some fresh air, and then I went back inside. When I went back inside, he was like, you is a W-H-O-R-E. So no, I said to him, you're acting as if you married a W-H-O-R-E. He was like, yes, you are one. And I said, what? He said, yes, you is a W-H-O-R-E. So I said, you, you call me that? I said, wow. And he was like, yes, because you're acting like one. Wow. I was like, okay. I said, okay, Mr. Watt, that you just signed. I said, you just signed the divorce papers. I went into the bathroom. I texted my pastor and I said, listen, please pray for me because I'm about to lose my salvation. Mm -hmm. He was like, what's going on? I said, I can't even, I said, I'm so nervous. I can't even tell you all that's going on, but I'll mm -hmm. call you later. Then he then when I came out the bathroom, went into the kitchen to start cooking, he was like, yes, your daughter is a W-H-O-R-E too because she's just 23 years old and, and she, she have two children for two different men. And that's when I got mad. And I said, so I told him that? something. That, yes. So who was he saying that to? He was saying that to me. He was arguing with me. Oh, he telling was telling me, you that. Wow. So this yes, is a man my, now who is trying to use your past against you because you yes. have two children by two different men. How many yes. years? You said your, your daughter was 11? So, no, no. My, my big daughter, I got three children. I got two adult children. So my big daughter is 23. 
And he's oh, saying okay. to me that my big daughter, I trained her to be a boy like me because she has oh, two children okay. for two different men at her age. Ah, I see now. All right. Wow. Okay. So he's not just calling you a whore. He's also no. calling your daughter a whore. He went too far. He went way wow. too far. Wow. So I got upset. I got mm -hmm. upset and I told him about his mother, which I totally regret because mm -hmm. I shouldn't have allowed him to get me to that place. Oh, look, Anthony has just joined in and he said he's listening and very interesting and that he will certainly be addressing this. When one is armed with the truth, one is empowered to disarm every lie, he says. All right, well, Anthony, you can feel free to join in if you'd like. Um, come and, you know, if you have a different side to tell, we welcome, we welcome it. Exactly. That's why we reached out to you when you said you were not gonna discuss it because it was your personal business. But then you put in legal documents all sorts of things that Miss Lorna has said is a lie and she wants to set the record straight. So that's why Lorna is here today and you're welcome to come on and say what you have to say as well. I'm waiting. Mm. I'm waiting because I have not spoken to him since the 25th because after the whole conversation, it wasn't even the Sunday, the conversation, it wasn't the argument the Sunday that was bad. It was the one that happened the Monday. Was mm -hmm. it the Monday or the, yes, I think it was the Monday night because he came back home. He went to work in the morning, didn't speak to me, came back home and he gave me a hundred dollars and said, I'm to send it to my little daughter because she was staying with somebody. I told him, I don't want your money. I said, you can't be giving a whore money. I don't want your money. He took the money, put back in his wallet and then he he went on Facebook and then he started typing a lot of madness. The same friend that he introduced me to texted me and said, um, you need to tell your husband to come off of Facebook because he's on Facebook typing a lot of stuff about false prophets and blah, blah, blah. And he'd be tagging me in them. So whenever he tagged me in them, I would delete it. When he realized that I deleted it, he started texting me in the house. Now I'm not sleeping on the sofa and he's in the bed. So he started texting me. So I blocked him. Every time he sent them, I, I deleted them. I blocked them. So he came out and he said, no, my daughter was calling me. No, I said nothing to my kids about this. Nothing at all. Because I'm thinking that we're going to resolve this because arguments get heated and stuff happens and we say stop. So we mm -hmm. regret. So I say, I'm thinking we're going to resolve this. Mm -hmm. I didn't say anything to my kids. And he came out while I was speaking to my daughter and he was just going on and on and on and on. Oh, so yeah, tell your daughter about it. I didn't even start telling. So my daughter was like, mom, what's going on? Why is he shouting? So I said, let me call you back. Then when he started going in, talking about I'm a false prophet and blah, 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 blah. In my head, I already knew that this was not going to go any further because you already called me names and I'm not going to accept that because that's abuse and I'm not going to have that. So he, I already signed the divorce. I said, I texted him and I said, you know what you need to do? You need to give me my divorce or the annulment. And then it came out the room and he started arguing again. And I said to mm -hmm. him, Mr. You're ugly like, Mr. You're there pretending as mm -hmm. if you're somebody and you're nobody. I said, you know the reason why you're acting like this? You're thinking that I want to sleep with your pastor because you know you can't satisfy me. And that's what your problem is. Mm -hmm. And he was, and so I, I got, I, I was upset. And I said to him, you age dead like. That's mm -hmm. what you need to go work on because you can't dead and face the pantapite. So you need to go sort out yourself. I said, you're very narcissistic and you need yeah. to get your act together because you're in denial about what's going on with you. 
and you're not going to use me because when I came to Kim and I realized that he wanted to marry me to show off. Okay, something pretty upon the arm. Yes. Mm. All right. So to fast mm. forward now, um, he we we didn't speak for the duration of that time. The Tuesday we didn't speak. The Wednesday I still didn't tell my kids nothing. Mm -hmm. So the Wednesday, my daughter called to say Merry Christmas. And she said, let me say Merry Christmas to him. So I took the phone to him in the bathroom. And he was there going to look for his kids. And he took the phone, talked to my daughter and left. I was there cooking. Mm -hmm. Because because at this point, I didn't want to do nothing. Because I'm saying, I'm not clean up the house. I'm not cook no food, nothing. But the Holy Spirit backed me up and said, no, 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 no. You got to do it. Mm -hmm. I got up, I cleaned the house, I seasoned the meat, I did everything. I tried to break the ice to speak to him. He didn't want to have it. He, he went to the car, he came back, he gave me a gift. So because he gave me the gift on Christmas, I was like, oh, probably he's coming around. When I opened, I didn't even open the gift. I put it on because I was cooking. So I texted him and I said, um, can you get some stuff on the road so I could finish cooking? He said, yes, he brought them. He put them down, he went into the room. He was on the phone all the time. Mm -hmm. When I finished, when I was finished cooking, I went to the room and I said, when you're ready to eat, let me know. He was like, my good. So I said, what do you mean? Oh, me get something to eat on the road already. I was mm -hmm. like, are you serious? I walked away from the room door, went back into the living room. No, I am so hurt. Because mm -hmm. I'm saying, why is this man treating me like this? Because when he came to Jamaica, I treated him like a king. Why is he treating me like this? Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, I went into the room. I stood up at the door. I said, can we talk? He was on his phone. The TV was on. He was like, yes. I went into the room. I sat on there. was a bedside table at the side of his bed. I sat on it and I said to him, no, he was texting somebody, some girl on Messenger. While he was there, I turned the TV off because I wanted his attention, but he was still on the phone. So I said, is this how we're going to live? Mm. He was like, I don't want to talk about this. Let's talk about this tomorrow. So by mm. this time, the female was calling him. It didn't, but yeah, it didn't bother me. I, honestly, it didn't bother me because I was out. It didn't bother me. So he, we knew that I was catching up on him. So what he did was text the girl um, a voice message and said, "Oh, Merry Christmas to you and your family." So I started laughing. So I said to him, "I don't like. I'm not comfortable here." I said to him, "I'm not comfortable here." He said to me, "Me no want to talk about this. Let's talk about this um, tomorrow." So I said, why talk about this tomorrow? And this is Christmas Day. Yes, it was. Or Jehovah. So I said, why, why tomorrow? I just asked you if we could talk. And you said, yes. So why wait until tomorrow? We need to talk about this now because I'm yeah. not going to be able to sleep. Mm -hmm. So he, was, he had his phone in his hand and he was very distracted. So I took up the, the remote. I turned the TV off and I took the phone out of his hand. Mm -hmm. he got up he came to the side of the bed where I was and he I had the phone behind me like this and he held my hand up like this and he took the phone out and mm -hmm. he was moving out the way so I grabbed him in the in the front of his trousers mm -hmm. and he was like you see you see this is your MO this is your MO at least you do you're abusive so I realized what I was doing and I let I let go of him I said mm -hmm. to him I am not comfortable here so it's either you find somewhere to put me or you change my ticket so I could go home tomorrow Mm. He was like, he was like, come out of my house, come out of my house, I'm gonna make a rich man, then find place put you. Mm. So I said, what? I was like, come out of my house, and he repeated it, go make a rich man, then find place put you. So I, I didn't hesitate. I got up, I took my stuff. The same person, he was a friend of mine from a long time. 
he was the one who I called and he brought me sanitary napkins. Now he lived he lived in the Cayman, he lives in the Cayman Islands with his wife. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. at that time I I already told him what was going on. He kind of have an idea of what was going on. And I said to him, I called him and I said, because I knew nobody else in the Cayman Islands. Well, I knew people, but I don't know where they're at. I called my pastor mm -hmm. first and I, I said to him, um, he said, I'm to get out of his, of his house. I'm not going to stay here because I'm mad uncomfortable. Is there anywhere? He said, I'm to go to the Women's Support Center, which I said, okay, I don't know where that is. And I'm not going to even try. I called the young man and I said, can you come get me? He was like, I'm at a friend's house with my girlfriend and I don't even know if my place is convenient, but for, I'm going to come for you just the same because I know the type of person you are. You're not supposed to be going through all this. He came, he and his, his fiance at the time came, and when they came, they, they had nowhere to put me because the place that they have was very small. Mm -hmm. I said to them, listen, I'll sleep on the floor. He was like, no, I can't make a come and go sleep on the floor. You and my girlfriend sleep on the bed, and I will take the floor. I said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to put you out your way more. Put the mattress on the floor, and I'll sleep on the floor. He wasn't comfortable, but I insisted. I stayed there for a couple of days. We went, they took me to, the next day they were supposed to leave for, to go somewhere. They had plans. So they said, we're going to take you to the, the police station so he could find somewhere to put you because you don't know anyone here and he's responsible for you. He didn't give you no money, no, no SIM card to call anybody, nothing. I went to the police station Ian here would tell me that he can't put me back in the house, which I didn't want to go back because it's not wow. my matrimonial home. He said it wasn't my matrimonial home, so he, there is no way he can put me back in the home and he can't force him to get somewhere to put me. You know, wow. I was left stranded. Yes. So you actually had to go to the police on your first trip to Cayman? Mm -hmm. Wow. So I was left stranded. It was his friend that he introduced me to, she's also a minister here in Jamaica. She was the one who was calling all over the place in Cayman for people who she knows to see if anybody could put me up. Oh my God. She and this is, this is still to, Christmas Day? Yes, this was, no, this was, this was the 26th. Boxing Day, okay. The 27th, wow. no, this was the 27th. This was the okay. 27th because so when we, yes, because we had already gone to um, Caribbean Airways to see if we could change the ticket, which he already did change the ticket. So the only flight that was leaving was, I think, the 31st, the 30th or the 31st of December. That was okay. the only flight that was coming to Jamaica. Okay. Now, they had to they had to inconvenient themselves for a couple of more days for me to stay with them until I find somewhere. Wow. Mm. When I finally got somewhere, the young lady told me that there's a lady living there with her son. No, I didn't know that it was a small place. Mm -hmm. I told her specifically, I do not want to go anywhere where there's a man because I know how he is. He's going to say, I have a man in Cayman and I go on to stay, stay, spend some time with some man or whatever. And that's mm -hmm. why I left the house. So I'm, I don't want that. She said, no, his mother is there and she's a Christian and I know them a long time and whatever. Mm -hmm. I, they took me, they, the same persons that I was staying with, the guy and his young lady, which he also said me and the young lady were lesbians because I took, we took pictures together and it has homosexual overtones. And it is later on found all that. Right. So they took me to the place. When I went to the place where the friend phoned for me, it was just the young man that was there. And it was a one bedroom with two beds. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, now I am mad, uncomfortable. Anyways, the young man was a decent gentleman. He got up in the morning. He left for work. He said, this is what it is. I, my mother is not here. You could stay on that bed, whatever. He left for work in the morning. He called a few times. I said, oh, if you want to watch the TV, you could do this, that, that on the third. He asked if I ate. I said, oh, yes, I'm okay. My friends had to take food from there to give to me. The mm. same people that brought me there. They brought food to me then. I called his friend and she said she wasn't in Cayman Islands because she took part in the wedding. She said she wasn't in the Cayman Islands. She was in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any money or anything. And she told the same guy and his wife to bring me some money, to pick up some money from someone to take to me. That's the money that I used to eat if it wasn't for the gentleman and his wife. I mm -hmm. would have starved and I would be on the street in the Cayman Islands. Now, Lorna... Um, this story isn't quite finished yet, but I wanted to show um, this picture here of you. And this is a friend of his that you met? No, that's that's my friend's fiance at the time. But that's his wife okay. now because they're married. His wife. Okay. So yes. this is where the story about you supposedly being a lesbian comes off because you took this photo with her. Where, where was this photo taken? That was, they worked at a, a nightclub because, you know, I'm there. I had to go with them because they're not going to leave a total stranger in their house. Okay. So, I so had, while you were I had, with them, after I you had got to tag along that night. One evening. And so he got a hold of this photo and says, this I put is it on my, no, I put it on my DP. I put it on my, my WhatsApp status. Oh, okay. So he grabbed and your he photo. Yeah. And says, so this is proof that you're a lesbian. Yeah, but if you could look at the picture, I was sitting down and she just leaned over because I was mad, upset, and sad. She leaned over and she was like, cheer up, man, let's take a picture. And that's how she snapped the picture because if you look at the picture properly, I'm sitting down and she's leaning mm -hmm. over. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and this young lady, I, I was so hurt when I heard him say this because this young lady is such a sweet, she, she is the best female I've ever bumped into for a long time. She is sweet, she's good-hearted, she's just, she's just a cool girl. Now, listen, um, it's 10 o'clock. We've gone a half an hour over. Can I invite you oh, back on, on Monday morning to conclude this story? Because this story sure. obviously is going to take a little bit of time. And I want us to actually go through because Anthony has just joined in, although he said he's not going to come on the show. Um, he has joined in by way of making some comments. And um, I think we need to spend some time going through his allegations, which we have here in the divorce petition. And he has alleged and said a number of different things. And I think for full and frank disclosure, it's probably important for um, you to address those things directly. So he has done one annulment petition. The court basically right. threw that out, <laughs> saying that it was not fraud. I want you to address on Monday the whole issue with the police clearance, which he claims was a shenanigan. Um, I want you to talk about how he said that he wanted to have children with you and you never wanted to have children. I think it's important we discuss some of the legal points now. They're not really I, legal. I have a copy, I have a copy of, of the, the petition that he sent to me now because I, sent, I signed the paper, sent it back to him yesterday. So right. I have a copy of it so I could go through it with you. Yes. To show all right. you all the things that he said. Some, some persons are actually asking for it to be in the nighttime because they feel like this is a nighttime discussion. Um, let me see what I can work out because you guys know that normally the night shows are on Tuesdays 
and Thursday evenings. We only have an hour. And I can tell you, although we've gone deep into this, there's still a lot more that we have to discuss. So I don't know that an hour is even going to be enough in the evening. So maybe we need the extra time on Monday morning. But let us let me kind of play it by ear a little bit because you guys know okay. family time for me is really, really important. And the evening times, you know, I've got my four-year-old daughter. I have a husband that, you know, I must keep happy so that I don't end up in divorce court myself. So, <laughs> so I'll pray for you. You understand? Um, definitely not these types of issues though. Lord Jesus. Right. But anyway, um, I do think that we need to address some of the, um, uh, Fiona said she can't manage the night. So we're gonna, I think we're gonna stick to, to Monday morning. You guys just have to mark your calendar and tune in. But we wanna finish the story, which will be how um, Lorna ended up leaving the Cayman Islands. What has transpired since then, including the two documents, she's just informed us that she signed his most recent divorce papers now and sent them back to him. And um, we'll find out from her also, you know, why she didn't sign the initial fraudulent petition, which he, you know, wanted to get the marriage annulled. So um, uh, Kathy's saying part two tonight. <laughs> no, 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 man, they have, they have stuff to do. <laughs> so um, yeah, so let's plan on Monday, uh, Lorna. And Anthony, we know that you're listening. And listen, my dear, uh, we contacted you in relation to the story. You claimed that you didn't have enough time, that the second we contacted you, it wasn't long after that, that the story went up. We invite you. It's an open invitation, Anthony. If you want to come on, on here and defend yourself, defend your position, you claim you have all sorts of evidence, um, by all means, you are more than welcome to come on the program. It's about you know the truth. The next thing too, um, I'm, I'm gonna see where this one goes, but I, I was advised by my lawyer that it could be thrown out because they could deny him the divorce as well. So mm -hmm. if it comes down to that I have to file, mm -hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna attach a, a polygraph test to my affidavit. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's what I'm gonna do. Girl, that's, that, that is Jerry Springer style right there. So you would be willing. <laughs> To put your truthfulness in yes, the hands of somebody else to test. Yep. That, that, is, that is some serious truth. And you know what? Like I said, I don't know Miss Lorna from the man in the moon, but I get a sense that she's not a person that is going to lie. She has admitted her part in this. She has admitted where she has gone wrong. Um, that in fact, she says that now that she looks back on it, she was not being obedient to God. She was not picking up on the red flags and the signs that were there. So she has taken some degree of accountability, unlike the husband in this situation, who wants to put the blame always on the woman. It's always the woman's fault. And here we are at marriage number four, and it's the woman's fault yet again. But to, to add something to that, I mm -hmm. spoke to one of his wives and they could attest to him being impotent. She told me, that's the first thing she said to me. She said, I don't know why you're married to him because impotent and why would he go out of his way to do that because if I knew he was going to get married I would have contacted you and tell you to run wow that's what one of his now, wife said, here's yes. the thing that has puzzled me Lorna and I have actually said this um you know I get that in the Cayman Islands a lot of people don't know this but we have what's called a fault-based divorce system so in other words when you get a divorce you have to say 
why it, it like forces you to put blame on, on somebody. Yes. And you know, yeah. you, you file the documents, you do an affidavit. Your affidavit is your version of why the marriage has irretrievably broken down. There's different right. sections of the divorce law that you can use in the marriage law that you can use in order to obtain a divorce. Now it occurred right. to me when you started to open up about what you had been through, um, that the easiest thing for this man to do, and this really speaks volumes, I think, to his personality. The easiest thing for him to have done was to apply for an annulment on the basis that the marriage was not consummated. Because you've never consummated the marriage. Is that correct? He's not going to do that because if, if he does but, that, then we're going to have to get his police, his, his medical records. No, but because no. it wasn't my fault. I mean, all you have to do is say it didn't happen. The court doesn't necessarily even need to know why it didn't happen. It just didn't happen. And so once he's willing to admit, listen, we never had sex. That is a grounds, believe it or not, in this day and age, it is still a grounds for you to obtain an annulment. And I've known of somebody else who has obtained an annulment on that ground. And you don't have to go into any details about it. You just right. say, listen, the marriage was never consummated. End of story. Give me my annulment and you move on. And you would, if that was, if it was simple as that, would you have signed the initial um, or agreed to the annulment? Listen, yeah. anything, to, anything to get rid of him, I would have done it. But the, first, the reason why I didn't sign the first one is because he, he sent like a lot of lies. And, and to be honest, I'm not going to sign a document that's fraud. It's, it's, they're all lies. Like, yeah. why would I sign off to something like that? And if my lawyer didn't tell me yesterday that it, it's, it's he, whatever he writes in the documents, they're supported by the law and it's, it's a court case. So it's, it's protected by the law then I would have gone ahead and I would have done the polygraph test. I would have sent, I would have done the annulment. I would have told everything because he denies that he's having erectile dysfunction. He'll never admit to it. Yeah. So the lawyer is saying to me, don't waste money on doing all that because he's not going to want to do a medical record. And it's, it's a lot of technicalities because the annulment is, is like court cases and court hearing and stuff like that. So just sign the papers. You know you're not a lesbian. You know he's lying. So basically anybody with sense that reads this, they'll know that he's crazy because the man even said that I was looking his brother on the day of our wedding. And I never met his brother before. And these are the same family members you were trying to get him to reconcile with. Mm-hmm. Wow. And all I right, have all the emails to prove it. We have to pause. You have all the emails and stuff to prove it. All the messages. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to prove, we got to pause. Olive says she wished tomorrow was Monday. Um, Olive, <laughs> patience is a virtue, my dear. Um, Ali says bless her heart. Uh, Ingrid is sending some blessings to you as well. Uh, Thank you says, I believe this woman to the core. Um, Karen says, just for the tea, Adhan wants to know if the stream on Monday will be live. Yes, we're always live Monday morning, starting at 7.30. We will get back into part two of this so that we can get all of the information. Um, Rico says, my dear, the tea hot no sa. All right, folks, um, have a safe and beautiful weekend. Lorna, please stay safe. Um, I will. We guys had a little bit of weather there in Jamaica. The storm, thankfully, skirted past all of us. So we are most um, fortunate for that. Um, 
let's continue the conversation on Monday. Cause like I said, I don't want to Definitely. rush your story or to conclude before right. it is done because then it gives a right. sense of incompleteness. And of course, right. you know, Mr. Um, Ricardo uh, has a lot to say and we're going to look at, listen, Ricardo, even if you do not want to come on the show, we have your petition. So we have in your words, what you have alleged and what you have said to the court. And in fact, he even went as far as mentioning Cayman Ma Road, um, our coverage of his last thing, which I don't know how we're to blame now for his um, divorce, but he is claiming that um, Lorna reached out to us for this story. And I can tell you unequivocally that that is a lie. So if he's gonna mention CMR in his petition and lie about that, what else is the man lying about to be quite frank? And I have I said that to him initially, I'm like, your wife did not reach out to us for the I first story it. that we did. It was did after it. the fact, I think people saw the story and started to reach out to you, Lorna, to say- It was my armor bearer. My armor bearer lives in the Cayman Islands and she sent it to me very upset. And she said, can you believe this man clicked the link? Right. And then when I clicked, I was like, oh my God, why would he do something like this? Because I, he's been doing a lot and I've been silent about it. I just go on with my life. Mistakes mm -hmm. were made and I did not, honestly, I really, I'm not on here to be, to emasculate him, to put him down. I am just here to set the record straight because his other wives are afraid and I am doing this for other women who he will be targeting. Right. So That's other all. women in the church better watch out. They better keep an eye on To be honest, he's, he's not a Christian. This man is not saved. He is not a Christian. So anybody's fooled by him, he's not a Christian because the Bible says try the spirit. I'm not going to get in all that because there is no time, but I'm saying to them what he's doing is basically is on an, an, a, he is bitter. Mm. And because he said the church, the pastor that he used to go to church the church did not help him to, to save his house he's adamant to go out and to defame pastors and prophets and to if you go on his facebook page he's arguing everybody just pastors and prophets a lot of people blocked him when i got married mm -hmm. the three pastors that knows my pastor texted him and asked him did you know that your daughter married to the scum of cayman that's what one said the other one said did you know that this man argues like a girl so, so, and it's, 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 they're all facts. Wow. What a hot mess, my dear. All right, folks. Um, so tune in on Monday morning for part two. Lorna, thank you so much. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's important for us to open our eyes about what's happening in our community. We do in the church. world now where people can easily reach out to you. Um, through Facebook. I mean, it's just that simple, right? And next thing you know, you're on quite the roller coaster ride of your life. So folks, yeah. tune back in Monday morning at 7.30 for part two of this discussion with Lorna. You're joining us, you're in Jamaica at the moment, but we do know that Lorna yeah. travels because just in the last month you've been, I think you were in New York. Um, yeah, I just came back like two weeks ago. Yeah. So, um, so we'll have a word with Lorna this morning. The internet seemed to have held up really well. So we're thankful for that. And folks, yes. we'll get the conclusion of this saga on Monday morning. So make sure you tune in for that. Be blessed, good people. And uh, thank we'll see you, you in so Monday. much. Have a wonderful okay, day. Thank you. You're thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Cold Hard Truth. 
Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at CaymanMarlRoad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings. 